The following podcast contains adult themes, explicit content, and controversial ideas. Viewer discretion is advised. This is Mind Raid with the Koch Brothers. episode whatever we're on at this point in time um i'm gonna dual cast this on my own podcast but i'll put it up on the mind raid page too and i know there's people still that still like it we haven't put anything up for a while yeah but there's still people liking that page and asking for more shit so um today we're going to talk about uh I'll, well i'll let you talk about what we're going to talk about and yep. uh this is something that seems to be more more common all the time but uh it's becoming more of a discussion uh, you're hearing more people in high places in our industry talking about it because it affects people's lives. So yes. um, if you may, go ahead. So just touching on, um, you know, it's been three weeks. I think it's been about three weeks now that um, it came out that I'm dealing with a 18-month 18, 18 suspension for a USADA violation. And biggest thing for me was I made a video and we're going to post that before this. So you already saw it if you're listening. Um, but the video is too long for me to post to any social media or anything like that. And I don't have a computer. I just have my phone. So you're a simple man. I'm a simple man. Right. <laughs> and uh, really shows that I have all that money to be juicing. Right. <laughs> um, so. I just want to go back. I want to go back to the start. So in the video, I explain, you know, the biggest thing I want to do, um, a sign of being guilty is people that go silent. Yeah. Like your TJ Dillashaw's people. Sorry. Not sorry. sorry. I'm I mean, not sorry. It is what it is. You did it. That they know they did it. Yep. And, and they uh, go, they, they kind of, they hide. Right. And I said, no, fuck that. I they hide, hide. They hide like, uh, like a snake in yeah. their ass. <laughs> they hide. They hide because you're going to catch some heat. Maybe people will forget. They will too. And they will. They will. Um, there will always be people that, you know, know and go in there. In but, t- well, in today's day and age too, think about it. Think about the attention span. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you aren't relevant if they haven't seen you fight in the last 12 months. Yeah. There, there's yeah, people yeah. that... There's people that are just getting into MMA now that don't even really know. Oh, Dillashaw? Yeah, wasn't he a champ one time? Like, yeah. they don't even know who he is. So right. if you disappear strategically and you continue to work hard, yeah. you can come back as the former champ who had that drug issue. Right. Well, everybody had that drug issue. Right. That type of thing. And, and I could, but it's not my character. And I'm not guilty. Yeah. I'm not. So I wanted to clarify how this, this goes. Because... I, 
at first, first and foremost, I thought this would never happen to me because yeah. I don't take anything. You know, I take supplements, but that's about it. Yep. Um, so I never thought it would happen to me. So before I get into this, even this is me eating my own words. And I explained this in this little video with your John Joneses mm-hmm. and people that have things pop up in their system. Well, I just assumed USADA knows what they're doing and they're doing shit they shouldn't be doing. Right now, USADA, and it, I, I'm just going to, I'll take responsibility for the things that I could have done to, to prevent it. Right. USADA does a, 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 a say a good job. They do. They're consistent. They, they're consistent in every, every quarter, every four months, they make you watch a bunch of videos of stuff and they have a list of sketchy supplements Yeah, that you got to watch and banned substances, and, and, banned and, substances yeah. and stuff like that. Right. And sketchy supplements that, Hey, the stuff's come out on these supplements before. Um, I haven't seen this list, it, but I'd be willing to bet it's pretty long. It's long. It's long. And here's the thing. And there's like, a bunch of words that no, nobody knows what the fuck and, it even and is. And I'll take, like I said, I'll take responsibility for it because there are supplements, even one supplement that I got tested when I went through this. Now, when I got this positive test, this positive test happened in October. Mm-hmm. They took this sample right the day before my birthday on October 3rd. Um, so this was the test that, that came up uh, positive. Now, at the time at HD Elite, um, we were selling that Total War, mm-hmm. the, the pre-bottled Total War. And, you know, I've taken it. I've been tested by USADA, I can't tell you how many times. Ridiculous amount of times. You know, at least once every two months. Um, and nothing's ever came up. Now, on this list, I don't go through the list, you know. And that it's on me, right? I'm the athlete. I need to watch what I'm putting in my body. But on top of it, life as busy as life is and going on i i don't you know i'm not going on a list and making sure that to a t so i take i take fault for that well isn't it interesting that there's a regulatory body out there that says these are the things that you can't take Mm -hmm. most of them are against the law um but there's a, a whole host of other things that you can legally acquire or uh accidentally acquire mm-hmm. through uh you know supplements that are not FDA approved or regulated in any way. Yeah. And they're like, well, you got to avoid this and avoid this and avoid this. I should be able to just not have to even worry about that. Right. If there if you're going to regulate my behavior, there should be some regulation on the market of sports supplementation so that you know exactly what the fuck's going in there. Right. But that's not really the way it is. A lot of these things are not FDA approved. I don't think any of them are actually. No, I think no. the whole supplement industry yeah, supplements is kind of sketchy. Of, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, and so you can get this trace amount of some mineral made in or something in some factory, that some dirty yeah contaminant. Because we were taking this pre workout. I know exactly the pre workout yep. you're talking about, and what a great pump it would give you. Mm-hmm. Right, it was some serious shit. It had high levels of caffeine in it, and so it'd give you this really really good pump. Well, I should I should be. Maybe I'm just entitled as fuck. Mm-hmm. But I think if there's a regulatory body that is constantly piss testing athletes and there's certain substances that are banned from those competitions, why are those substances even allowed to be used and consumed on the market? Right. Why not just take those off the take market? Take them off the market. 
right? Right. right. Otherwise, let the cards fall where they may. Let the athletes train with the supplements they want, in, unless they're sticking a needle in their arm or some shit. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking no. about how much did you come out ahead? So, so this is, so this is where it goes. So, I had such a small trace amount of something in my system. Um, it was a foreign steroid. I could look it up, but I, I can't. There's so many steroids, right? Because they're constantly changing them to yeah. get past shit, right? So And they're in meat. And they're in meat. So I'm going to touch on this because this is the whole shit show that that I had to deal with, with, with USADA. So I got the call and I was actually over at HD Elite and I'm talking to him. Now, I first, remember that day. Yep. Now, first and foremost... It's a shock to me, and it, yeah, it pisses me off because I know that I'm not taking anything. I'm not injecting anything. The first things, and I'm on a conference call with UFC, someone from UFC, and USADA. I'm being told by both parties that it was a very small trace amount. It couldn't help me in any way, and they knew I wasn't cheating. So where this infuriates me, because I knew how all this was going to go down, right? Mm -hmm. When they post the suspension, they slap it. It's a, it's a very vague article. They don't go into detail. And it's just, you've got a suspension, you cheated. Mm -hmm. That's what the assumption is. They make it very, very yeah. bland, right? If you're suspended because of this, you're a cheater in the public perception. But I'm on the phone with both parties. And I'm telling them, well, it doesn't make me feel any better that you're telling me that you know I'm not cheating, right? I know I'm not cheating and I'm telling them, where's the polygraph test? I'll do a polygraph test. If yeah. I knowingly took steroids, it'll show up, right? Um, and they're like, no, we know you're not cheating, but we need to find out what what it was from, where it's at. We need to find this tainted supplement. So supplement wise, I take the same stuff. I take Humapro, which um, they said it really wasn't on the list, but they really didn't know much about the company or anything like that, but I do know that it's, it goes through a third party. So it's vigorously tested and they're protein tablets. Right. right? Yeah. So, and it's all vegan. So I, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be that. So I take Huma pro. I took a, um, optimum nutrition, uh, whey protein, mm -hmm. which they're good. Right. Um, and they're pretty big. Um, and then I was taking that, I was taking some creatine, but I know the creatine was fine. That was cool. They cleared that. Um, I was taking Total War. And then anybody that knows me, I drink energy drinks way too fucking much. So I'm drinking bangs. I'm drinking rains. That's I'm true. drinking spikes. I'm drinking yeah, things and, with 300. And, and who knows? Those, some of those are basically are just like kerosene. Right, right. And now here's, this is, this is the, the, the of, hard part. Because I've got to take, I've got to take some responsibility because I'm not looking at the list. I'm just taking this thinking, well, they're selling it at gas stations. There ain't shit in this. There's a bunch of caffeine. <laughs> That's what I would want to hope. Right. So that, okay. Looking back on it now. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, I'm making sure all my supplements come from the list that they suggest. <laughs> right. Just to save the trouble. But I thought this would never happen. So, and I've even been tested after taking total war. These nothing, not a yeah. trace. Now they tested me a month before my positive test. Nothing. Okay. So they told me and, and UFC told me too. They're like, they're, we want them to test you next month. We, like that's very big. If they <coughs> test, yeah. Want you to te get tested next month. 
and um, hopefully that that comes back clean. So they did test me, came back clean. So I have this one month period where there is a very small trace amount, and it's a foreign steroid. And I remember because obviously I'm fucking all pissed. I'm I'm doing research on this steroid, and I find out it's foreign, and you can find it in meat. Beef. You, you can find it in beef, and I eat a lot of bison. I eat, you know, some wagyu, some Japanese beef and stuff like that, like stuff they sell at, at Hy-Vee and all this stuff. And I'm asking them, we have a conference call with UFC and, and USADA again, and I bring this up and UFC's like, yeah, actually that could be a possibility. And USADA, the USADA guy goes, well, I don't think that's it. And I go, you don't think that's it? This is your fucking job. UFC pays hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. to have you guys going the whole time and your people don't know. Well, and furthermore, we shouldn't be in a situation where you're having to do this. Do research, research. And tell this person. And then, and then, well, we don't think so. What that means is you think that I'm cheating then. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like if I was cheating and people have to kind of take our word for this, but like if, if you were doing something, you would just tell me that you were doing something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember you coming into the elite and going, yep, you saw her testing me again. And I was like, God, that's got to get annoying. And you're like, well, no, I just, at least they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I don't mind. But, but I remember thinking right away when you told me and we were kind of like both like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. We started thinking a little bit and we were like, it's not fucking pre-workout. Yeah. I guarantee right. it. Right. It, it, it had to have, so it, much. It had to have been. Or or, uh, or it was a combination of that and the energy drinks that you self-admittedly were drinking too much of. But yep. here's the fucked up thing. They're going to try and suspend you, <clears throat> take away your source of income, mm-hmm. claiming that the reason that they're doing this too is ensure that people aren't using performance enhancing drugs. There's nothing performance enhancing about what was found. No. There, and they, they the, admitted the it. The amount or even arguably the substance is is how could that be performance hands, enhancing yeah. to, to suck down two energy drinks and pre-workout? Like, yeah. give me a fucking break. Yeah. Like, there are people out there. And I feel like this could be just straight Looney Tunes conspiracy theory, but I feel like there's people out there, high-level profile athletes that are making a lot of money. They got big high pay-per-view draws and they get preferential treatment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like this, I feel like USADA lately, I've seen used as a way to try and punish people, to try and cut people, to try and uh, make easy uh, disconnects with people. And it doesn't, for as consistent as they are operationally, it doesn't seem like they treat people consistently the same. Right. Maybe I can completely. And I, I agree. I agree. Now this is, this is where I stake my claim, right? Because even with, with, Bones Jones, whether he was taking steroids or not, no matter what the level was, they tested him over and over and there were small traces Mm -hmm. throughout months. And they said, oh, well, yeah, there's going to be. Why is that? There's no suspension. There's no suspension. And we get in the talk of picograms. And even at the time, I'm like, oh, yeah, picograms, right? I have sediment in my system that literally just goes out. Goes out. I took the pre-workout the day before. If USADA would have waited one more day, it, it would have been, been a clean under. test. Yeah. It would have been under. This is all stuff that they know. Yeah. But you know, it's Bone Jones. 
Yeah. There's no suspension. They even move an entire fucking card. Well, yeah. For him to fight if on. If we can move the card outside of the period, then we he don't, we don't need to suspend him because so, he's not actively fighting. Right, him. right. And I, I get it's a fucking business, but... But if no, your point no is matter no matter where I'm at in my career, it's not even the suspension. It's that it's out that I used a banned substance, yeah. which is equals cheating, right? Yeah. And I'm not a fucking cheat. You look at look at people of the UFC, and then you look at me, even fighting at 170, and I'm sure that's one of the biggest things. Oh, he moved up to 170. He's yoked. He's like I ain't soft. a big 70. No. I ain't a big 70 at all. Nope. Last guy I fought was way fucking bigger than me. And a lot of the guys in that division are. And I still have some some yeah. little flabby flab going here right yeah. so like that that's where my frustration comes out is because the, it is very you know depending on who you are um, but most people most no, people are gonna see that and go oh yep yep oh, you know he was doing behind the scenes yep oh. yep they're yep. not going to if you say hey it was my pre-workout the simpleton is going to go that's why they have those tusks yeah <laughs> that's why there's experts that figure that out you're a cheater you're sitting at home sticking needles in your butt no bitch so we work hard and we fucking we burn ourselves out on these chemicals and then they ban us from competition because yeah. we work too hard so <laughs> so now now here's my ar- argument thoroughly going into this and i still don't i still didn't get an answer and i'm asking usada and it, the the woman i worked with was awesome from usada she was awesome like she tried to help me out as much as she could. And she knew she's like, look, I know you're not cheating, but it's something, you know, they've got, they go by the book, right? There is no, okay, this is common sense. We know he's not cheating. Let's maybe flag him, give him a warning, change his supplements. They don't do that. They got to go by the book, right? Because it's this big corporate structure. So she tried to help me out as much as she could. But even when I asked, I'm like, so explain to me why you guys test for levels what's the point what's the point taking all the money it takes to go through all these thorough tests to test for levels to a point where you know someone's cheating or they're not based on their levels or based on multiple tests with higher levels right why have all that information if you're just gonna slap bands anyway and you know what i got well it's it's a little more complicated and I go, no, it's not. You guys told this all to my face, all to my face. And I'm, I'm sitting here. Kind of, I don't know everything about all that goes into this, but I do know you guys are testing levels. You know exactly how much was tested. You know that I didn't test positive before or after the months within, which I've never taken steroids, but I'm, I'm pretty sure what there are cycles to it. Right. So it's yeah. not like, Oh, I stopped injecting this month. So it's not going right. to show up on a test. It's going to show up. Right. It's going to show up. That's why they do those consistent and tests. they do the consistent test. So, so I go, what's the reason for even testing me? You guys told me this is good. If they test, why is it good? Cause it didn't change anything. So I never got an answer out of that, out of USADA, out of UFC, none of it. And they're both different. And that's one of the biggest things I want to say. I like, I'm not even, I got no harp with the UFC. The UFC has gone off on USADA before, right? Um, USADA being its own thing. It's in a field dealing with a bunch of fighters that they really don't understand what's what the sport is. The They're just going by the book, right? Well, and it's like when you have a body like that, um, that 
I would have, and maybe I'm completely ignorant. I need to do my research, but I'm assuming USADA does all kinds of different athletics. I mean, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, they do. They're they a do. standard testing yep. agent in all athletics. And they're a private. They're a private company. You you have to, and maybe maybe that makes them a, a better option than a public company. I don't know, mm-hmm. but, but what I'll say is like, um, USADA, to your point, is not taking into the account culture. I think, and maybe we're just elitist, <laughs> but I think the culture of, of combat, of high-level mixed martial arts, is completely different. Ath- there are athletes in high-level mixed martial arts that don't have Olympic-level coaches that tell them to eat a clean diet. Like, There's a big difference between a professional mixed martial arts team and like the, the gymnastics team, the mm-hmm. national gymnastics team. The culture is completely different. Yeah. Positive and negative in probably all kinds of different ways. Yeah. It's different. And there are fighters out there like you like a lot of people that grind the shit out of their life and they use, they drink multiple energy drinks a day and they hammer their body and they put it through the motions, but they're not cheating. No, they're not willfully cheating. So if one of those people can slip through the cracks and not enhance their performance, but, but be labeled as somebody who did such, then your whole purpose for your regulatory body completely falls apart Yeah, because somebody is getting treated unjustly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they don't they don't consider the culture as part of that and they really should because well it's different. Well and I know I know uh multiple people that have had this test go through. And there's been people that have been slapped with suspension. There's been people that found what it was, so they weren't they weren't banned. But it, this uh, just happened, right? With Rob Font. Yeah. I didn't with, read anything with, about it. With, but I heard yeah, about with it. Rob Font, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't want to put a name on blast, but I'm going to. Yoel Romero. Right? I'm saucing. Right? <laughs> this dude pops for steroids. It's obvious, right? No. It's fucking obvious. <laughs> he pops for steroids uh, and they shit. find a tainted supplement that he was bullshit. So you found a tainted supplement, right? There's there's some sketchy ass. Didn't he run from those motherfuckers one time? You saw it? No, I swear he Vanderlei did. I'm not fucking running. You know where I'm at. So I want to go on top of it too, to the people thinking, oh, Coke moved up to 70. Yeah, I'm not, nobody even said that, but that's what my assumption, that's where my head goes to. Now I'm going to get personal. I haven't fought since 2019. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't make nearly as much as all these other guys. I made good money, but not like fucking crazy. Yeah. Right. I worked my job here. Right. And I'm on salary and I even had to get to a point where I had to tell you guys, look, I'm trying to pay off debts. I got to pay rent, all this stuff. I'm literally living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And I'm not afraid saying that there's no shame. I love what I do. I live pay to paycheck to paycheck. How the fuck do I have money to spend on fucking steroids? Yeah. Isn't it ironic that, you know, and this, uh, this will be me putting the UFC on blast proportionately they don't pay their fighters shit and they're they're paying a lot of people in that organization a lot of money that don't put nearly what's on the line that those fighters put on the line and uh they also have a tendency of keeping their fighters satisfied who fights most of the time who are the people that are most likely to fight probably most of the time lower class lower you know uh people that have demons in them that they want people that are very proud, people that mm-hmm. want to fight. Yeah. 
people who money isn't a big thing. They'd love to be famous and yeah. they hope that they do. And they have dreams of doing that. And, and some actually believe they can do it and they do it. Mm-hmm. But that's not the status quo. The status quo is you have a hungry fighter who comes from a background of, of not huge wealth. Yeah. And they're willing to fight for relative scraps. And people go, oh, well, $50,000 is a lot of money. $50,000 to train UFC or to train mixed martial arts and compete in UFC for four months ain't fucking shit. Yeah. After they tax it, it's nothing. Well, well, on, t- on top of it, let's compare to other sports. Right. Now, now me understanding, I, like I know the business. MMA is still young, right? Boxing has been around forever and it got to a point. Not everybody got paid in boxing when it started. Got to a point where it was and then there was some big money and they started throwing it around. So I get that, but it's it's getting to a point where MMA is is escalating faster than a lot of other sports. That comes with internet, media, that sports can be broadcasted. So it's a big deal, right? And it, it's gotten a lot bigger. I mean, remember watching Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner in yep. your basement? I just, now, watched US, I just watched that again. Now look at it. Yep. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy how big it is. So, um... I mean, and even on what you said, like hungry fight, like even, even when I dropped out of high school, when I wanted to fight, I didn't necessarily like my thought process then wasn't, I want money. Right. I just love doing what I do. Yeah. Even me right now, even if I never fought again, I'm very happy teaching. I'm yeah. happy in this the and I will live, lifestyle. I will yeah. live paycheck to paycheck. Same. I'll live on a cot. I don't give a shit. If you're love, happy. Yeah. Yes. I love my life. Yeah. So like. That was never the thing. And even in the UFC, I got to a point where I could make good money, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I was, so I'm not, I'm not even hating on that, but even me, I want to let people know that that last fight I had, that was the last one on my contract, mm-hmm. right? I was still in USADA pool. I was still on the roster, but that was my last fight with UFC. I haven't been taking anything. I haven't been fighting or anything like that. And they even, they even released me. They released me before this USADA shit even went out. It's strange. Yeah, it, very weird. You know what I'm saying? And um, and it's one of those things too. And I don't want to go all conspiracy theory, but I got released after my USADA test. Mm-hmm. So that could have very well been the thing that just yeah nixed me. You know, lost me a job. So um, taking it, like I said, I I, I take responsibility for not. Fucking checking the list, checking the list every other fucking day, making sure, you know, I'm not putting shit. But my, like I said, my question that was never answered was what's the point of all this vigorous testing and what throws salt on the wound is you guys telling me. Well, yeah. And you guys, you you guys aren't going to make a public statement saying we know he didn't. We agree with him. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not going to, you're going to post it out like an article. It's going to make me look like a cheater. That fucks with what I've done in the sport. Right. That pisses me off. Public perception yeah. too. And I, I said, I said when when the USADA lady I was working with told me, okay, we're releasing it, let you know. And I'm like, okay, I'm going in. I'm letting you know. And she's like, what are you going to say? And I'm like, whatever I'm gonna, the fuck I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. What the fuck are you going to do Because you guys it? have fucked me around. I've been doing, <laughs> I've been dealing with this case since October. So now I want to get more into the case, right? What I actually had to do. So here's, here's the funny part. Here's the funny part. Okay. I make all this money to do steroids. <laughs> I make all this right. Money to I can roid up. up because I'm living in the dough. 
right? Welterweight. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I move up welterweight. I can stare. I can use steroids now. Um, all this, all this goes. God, I forgot what the fuck I was gonna say. The case. You talking? Oh, about the, the case. case. I was gonna get into the case. Okay, so with the case, while it was going through and it was in the investigation, right? So the investigation. We've got a file. On they it. know. Test was negative before. Test was positive October. It was negative again in November. All right. They know this. And this is after they've told me, okay, we know you're not cheating, but we need to figure out what this is. And I go, I'm going to tell you all my supplements. They made me take pictures, of all my supplements, send them in so they could go look at them. And they go, okay, what one do you think is, would be the, the worst one? And they told me, oh, Total War, that Redcon brand, that's on the high the high risk. So I know that's what it was. I know it. I fucking know it. I go, it was total war. And they go, okay, so what we're going to do is we, we need you to send those in. We need you to send those in and test them. And I go, okay, no problem. Okay. It's going to be a thousand dollars a supplement. Well, first of all, a thousand dollars to test. I got to pay it. Yeah. This isn't like, oh, you saw it or UFC pays it now. Now, this is why I'm cool with the UFC. UFC did me a solid. I'm like, guys, I don't have that fucking money. I got $200 in my fucking bank account, paying all my bills, doing all my shit. I can't pay a thousand dollars. UFC's like, all right, tell you what, whatever one you thought it was, we'll pay for it. I'm like, thank you. Cause like the other ones, I'm like, these, these weren't it. Right. But then it goes into beef. All the beef I was eating. I was eating like three different brands of beef. So what am I going to do? Fucking ask Spud for a loan for three grand so I can test a bunch of beef, beef that I don't know is going to test or not. Now, this is the other kicker. This is the other flaw. So to get that test, they straight up tell you, we need one of these, these bottles from the same batch. batch. So they can test. You guys it. are telling me a month and a half later yeah. that I need something of the same batch. That's impossible. Yeah. Unless they're not selling it. Unless they're not, but they were. You're the only and everybody was them. fucking doing it. Right? Even if you were the only one that bought them, they'd all be gone. Yeah. Yeah. And I they'd probably be discarded. I would have used them. Properly right? recycled. So like. It's, a, it's like you can't win that. It, when they said that, I'm like. So I can't win. UFC's paying for it. So I'm going to do my best and hope that something pops up in this total war. So I had to go to Nutrisport. I had to get a bottle there because we were all out at Elite. We didn't have the same batch. Well, maybe they don't either. And I got to go, I got to go through tracking numbers. Nothing has the same tracking number. It's not the same batch. Why would it? It's a month and a half. Right. It's a month and a half away. Right. Or out. So I sent it in just because hoping, hoping. Right. Came back, nothing in it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I expect this. Right. So then the person you saw I'm working with, well, we need to figure out what it was. Now, this is where like on a personal level, she was awesome to work with because containers, she's like, well, do you got any old containers? No, I don't keep old containers around. So I got a new Huma Pro. It's so unrealistic. It's just right. It was gone. Do I have the bottle, the little pre-made Total War bottle? No. <laughs> no, I don't keep I didn't think this was going to happen, right? So I didn't keep it. So she was nice enough, and she actually 
went out of pocket. She went out of pocket and got Humapro and got it tested and nothing in there. Right. But I, I knew with Humapro, there was nothing in there. So we went through, we went through this process and I knew what it was. And I was like, I didn't hear from them for, for a while, for like a month, month and a half. And I didn't really know what the fuck was, was going to go on with it. I didn't know because UFC released me and I'm like, is this, is it a wash? Right. Then I got a call from her and she told like, very sad, very like, I'm just very letting you know. Okay. This is the deal. This sad is, sack this is what she said. And this is to one other hater I had. So I can explain thoroughly because in the article, what it says is Coke has accepted a tw- uh, 18, 18 months suspension. suspension. Now let me tell you what goes into this. This is what I was told. Okay, Eric, we, we not really much you can do. You can fight this. But it's going to be more, it's going to be you. Your money. I have no money. I can't fight a fucking, you a corporate that. fucking, they got money, right? I can't fight that shit. So you can fight it. And if you lose, your suspension is going to be two years. <laughs> this is what they said. I swear to fucking do, God. You're damn. Swear to God. Swear to God on my father's fucking life. And I don't take that lightly. Two years. She goes, but if you accept, if you accept the suspension. Yeah, it's a plea. Well, well yeah, it's a plea. We'll, we'll knock the sentence down like six months. Jesus. And, and this is what she said. And I think people will understand since we were lenient with you that it wasn't as serious. And I'm thinking, no, that's not how social media works. That's not how online works. It's fast. People see it. Coke suspended cheater. They don't, they're not. Oh, he got, tell tell the public that Eric is suspended for 18 months for taking pre-workout. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them that. Say, 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 say we found sediment. He didn't have any in his system the month before or the month after. We we know he's not injecting anything personally, but he did violate. And he couldn't find and, the batch. Yeah, and he couldn't find so the batch. That, because people would go, what the fuck? Now, here's he? the thing. And if they did that and they came out and they said, we know he's not intentionally cheating, but he did take one of these high-risk supplements. There was something in his system. By the book, we have to suspend it. Sure. I'd take it. I'd be fucking happy with it. But the way they did it, it's a numbers game. They're just getting it out there. It's just by the book, right? They put it out there. So they wouldn't want to put it out there that way because it would make people would go, well, what's the point of you? Right. Why have you if like, if right. he can have a, a, a pre-workout and get banned? So, right, right. So, so I accepted and she could attain for this. I go, fuck it. Sure. I take it. Right. I got six months left or six months cut off, right? Now, I'm already released from the UFC, right? And I don't really want to deal with this for another fucking year and a half, you know? I'm already cut with the UFC. I'm thinking, okay, I go fight somewhere else. I get a I get a short notice call. I cut that suspension down. That wouldn't fuck me. Because if I the suspension's a little bit longer and then I win three fights and they call me up, but they're like, ah, you still got... That could... That, that could fuck me mm-hmm. getting back in the UFC. So I was like, fuck it. I'll accept it because one, I don't have money to fight this. Two, if I do get a call up, I want my, my sentence to be shorter. That so way I can take something, right. right? I can answer the call. 
So there was people like, he accepted it. He's a cheat. That's not how it fucking works. Not how it fucking works. Oh, fuck them. I accepted it because they took time off. That's the best I could get. So. Sounds like our justice system. Seriously. People being wrongly accused and then going, well, if I'm going to get wrongly accused and convicted of a crime I didn't commit, I'd rather get 12 months. I'd rather get less fucking time. That's exactly. Shit happens every single day. Exactly what it is. So. And you're supposed to keep this, like, the real cheaters out. You know, and so maybe you are, but, but the point is this, if somebody who's not like willfully cheating or anybody who has like a true performance enhancing substance in their body, by the way, which cannabis is not. So yeah. 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 So that's fucking stupid. (laughs) Um, but you know, if, if you're going to have an athlete that works hard and takes something that's over the counter available for him, and it's something that's going to help him further his athletic you know, medium and it's legally available and you're going to like suspend that person and take away that person's money for 18 months. And that can happen. Yeah. And and it can also happen that the way it's communicated to the public is basically this person cheated. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is bullshit. Then mm-hmm. the whole thing falls apart. And I know people that are like, I have friends of mine that are, that are USADA fans. Like I love USADA. I want them to keep the sport clean and I've never had a problem. And they're the type of people that would read a list and would mm-hmm. go, I'm going to make absolutely sure. Actually, the person that comes to mind is an Olympic athlete, mm-hmm. somebody who's had to check mm-hmm. this type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I would argue, uh, I feel like I would make the argument that that's not what's happening. What's happening is that the image that people are getting in the public is that you're sticking a needle in your ass and you're using yeah. steroids. Yep. What actually happened was you drank a pre-workout that had some kind of dirty trace element in its batch. And the way it's communicated is, is that I'm sticking is, myself is sticking yourself. It has, there is not, it's not communicated to your point like this. Hey, this is one of those athletes that just kind of got screwed. He drank the wrong thing. He admitted it. It had some thing in there and it made him Superman for 10 minutes. <laughs> so we have to ban him for 18 months. They're basically portraying you as the Dillashaw as yeah. the person who's going, fuck it. I'm just going to juice up. Yeah. 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 And it's, that's it's, frustrating because like, the type of people I feel like we are, if you were at this stage in our life, you'd just be like, yeah, I was. Straight but, up. But you weren't. Straight <laughs> you know up. I mean? Well, like- there was even a fucking guy. There was a guy that tweeted, who gives a fuck? Coke's retired. I'm like, I'm not even fucking retired. But it's true. I haven't fought in yeah. two years, yeah. right? You just I now started. I haven't fought it. in two years and I'm juicing and now I'm just a huge cheater, even though there's trace amounts. Well, you know, public the public is going to take little bits of information and fill big giant gaps. That, with I mean, their and, imagination. and it, like it's not like it's a sexier I story that you're a cheater and you have right, fun. right. And I don't, I don't lose sleep over it, but I do want to let because I do got some fans that are like, ah, I don't know, man. One of my favorite fighters, I can't, I really can't see him doing it. So it's for them. Like you, not everybody's gonna listen to the podcast. You probably listen ten minutes and like, oh, this fucking cheater time. No. Yeah. Like I said, fucking it, on my on my fixed income here, tell you what, all I don't know how much a polygraph test is, but I'll fucking do it. No. I'll save up some money and I'll just do it. Fuck them. Just to be like, hey, don't even waste. Fuck your money. you guys. Don't because, even waste your money. Because like, <laughs> there the thing is, there there are fighters who can attest that this type of thing happens. And if, and if, if there, if there is, hopefully they hear this podcast yeah. and they speak up about it Yeah, because, um, I'm all for testing and keeping performance enhancing drugs out. 
I'm all for doing that or just letting everybody do whatever they want. Yeah. And if they came out and said, Hey, we're not going to regulate shit. We're going to let Overeem turn into Ubering. Ubering. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you want to do that, I believe there would be people that would not take performance enhancing drugs that would still be champion. I maybe, believe that wholeheartedly. Maybe I mixed up and ate some horse meat in there. Horse meat. <laughs> like, and I mean, that's the thing, man. I like, you can look at people. I can look at Brock Lesnar before Mark Hunt. And I'm like, this fucker is juiced out of his fucking gills. Yeah. Right. Like you can look at a fighter and tell if they're fucking juicing, right? You you look at me at 170, I'm not even cut. No. Like I'm I'm like in shape, but yeah. I'm not cut. Well, there and are, I'm not big. There are people though that take juice that take juice <laughs> that do the juice. There's people that that, that use uh, steroids, and they're not they're not necessarily ripped up and shredded. Yeah, they're. I've seen there was somebody that I competed against. I won't name any names. But he tested positive yeah. right after our fight, and yeah. he didn't look like jacked yeah. up. Yeah. So people use it, and really, the point is not that. The point is that public perception is being portrayed by these, by potentially one or two huge corporate entities as your achievement. Yeah. And the truth is, you drank dirty pre-workout on a rough day and, trying to get. And a good also, Mexican. why does UFC have more knowledge? on what's happening in my body than you motherfuckers do. Yeah, you, saw you guys, you guys put shit in bottles. You go test it in a lab. And I, I honestly think it's almost like that goddamn blood work lady that thought <laughs> I, that, that read my test that, wrong or marked hepatitis. it wrong. And she didn't even know she thought I had hepatitis and then found out I didn't like people Whoops. are giving job. They're given jobs without actually knowing what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Whoops. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I thought you I thought you had hepatitis. I put this on a on a little slide and then we put it in there and we test it and then I just read the results. You're fucking with people's career with people that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Like I said with the beef. UFC, oh, yeah. Yep. There was actually a Mexican soccer team. Half the team ate contaminated beef. They all popped. Mm. And they all got they all got a suspension for it, right? So like that's shit that like back before I dealt with this, I didn't think it was a thing, but now I know it's, it's a, a thing. thing. Now yeah. I know it's a fucking thing because it happened to me. Right. But I'm thinking something that's like that governing body that's got all these tests and they've got all these scientists and USC pays a shitload of fucking yeah. money to have them on, on call at all times would know more than the company that's paying them money to do it. Yeah, that it sounds, doesn't make any fucking sense. It to seems me. really bureaucratic and it seems like, it's a one size fits all solution that doesn't quite work with MMA. And no. may, maybe it's, you know, I don't know how it's going to, I don't know how it's going to shake out if athletes are just going to get more conscious of the shit that's going in the body, but maybe USADA should be more accountable for explaining why these substances yeah. are. Yep. Maybe if they're going to hold this expectation and you're, you're basically going to bend to their will, mm -hmm. they try to do a better job of educating their clients about the dangers of whatever this substance or that substance is. But um, you can't just make a big list and go, you can't take any of this shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to let these people know. I bet that list is super long and full of words that most people that fight have no idea what the fuck that even is. Mm -hmm. Are they going to sit there and go, Oh, hydroxychlorine fucking blah, blah. You know, yeah. That's, yeah. No, that's yeah. yeah. They're not going to look that. Most of the fighters aren't going to look that shit up. And when you have somebody like, uh, 
you know, Diaz or somebody that smokes a bunch of herb and smokes cannabis and they go out there and they'll like, they'll run marathons and shit and they fight on a professional level and you have USADA going, oh, well, we have to ban you because we smoked weed. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. You are, you can't be credible in any, you know what I mean? If you're coming into a combat warrior athlete sport situation and going, you can't smoke weed because it's performance enhancing. You're just a, you're just like a drone. Just making shit up. Yeah. Doesn't even... You know, you're towing the line. You're going, oh, the federal government thinks it's bad for you. Well, it's a performance enhancing drug then. And we're going to make it illegal. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so through and through, I mean, that's, that was just my clear up that, that was my piece. Like I said, I, I wanted, as soon as it came out, I wanted to fucking post something, but it was, I just had way too much to talk about. Yeah. Well, it's complex. I mean, that's not an easy thing. And it is. You can't explain shit to people. And it's, it's. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't know it was quite the way it was until it happened to me, you know, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, what's crazy. So back in the day, if this happens, mm-hmm. I'm talking like forties, fifties, sixties, it's such a complex problem. Um, it's such a complex issue. First of all, they wouldn't have the science probably to do this. I know, but so, from a social standpoint, it wouldn't be communicated to the masses. So matter of factly, like. This guy's basically yeah. guilty. Yeah. Yep. It would have to be explained. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. The, the situation would have to be explained and it would have to be logical and reasonable. And like, th- that's not the way, that's not the world we live in now. The mm-hmm. world we live in now with like data information, with like social media and shit, they take this little quippet story of information that they're given yep. by some entity and they form this whole opinion of what reality is. Yeah, I've been in this game for so long. I've seen what goes on. I know how shit works. And that's not even me hating. Like I know even even the UFC. I love the UFC. UFC tre- treated me great. Obviously, I've I've there for so long and I was I was I was happy there, you know, and I'm still I still like uh what the UFC's done and what they've um how they've heightened the sport and put it where it's at. That being said, I also know it's a fucking business. And mm-hmm. Dana White will tell you it's a fucking business. The fight, it, it's a fucking business. Just like anything else, right? So there is shit that goes on. And I'm not going to sit here and say everybody should be blessed. I don't give a fuck. Even the Bones Jones. No, people want to see him fight. I want to see him fight. Let him fight. I don't give a shit. You know, Pito Grant, whether he who, cheated, whether he didn't. Who do you want to see him fight? Mangano. That's right? what I want to see. That, that, yeah, that's yeah. what I think everybody wants to see. But... It's one of those things. I, I think um, just on a broader spectrum, it, it needs to be it needs to be a level playing field, man. You bring somebody in throwing out accusations like that, mm-hmm. you better keep it cut and fucking clean. Yeah. And even the UFC, um, you know, paying them the money, they're paying them that money. They're a private they're a private contractor too. There should be no interlinking between UFC and USADA. Right. Right. But it's kind of hard to not think that when you see things the certain way that with your well, and here's the deal: they're not like supposed that. to probably legally, mm-hmm. but <laughs> human nature. I know, and I contact our USADA representatives, these people, and I'm a UFC representative, and we work with each other hand in hand for six months, twelve months, eighteen months. Come on, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. There's yeah. gonna be there's gonna be little alliances and in, in relationships, and there's going to be. Uh, closeness gained in relationships like that where 
people are going to go, hey, do you think you did it? Like, you, like it's going to happen, yeah. in my opinion. I, yeah. Like, I could be completely full of shit, but I just feel like it's impossible to have that kind of element somehow permeate, some kind of bias. Right, I mean? right, so, right. Um, talk about, bro, uh, now that you got that off your chest. <laughs> talk about- Say what, it with your chest. Say it with your chest. Um, let's talk about what you're doing with the MMA team. Yeah. So, uh, talk about kind of some up and comers that you got. We know who they are, but the the world needs to know about it too. You know, what's cool about this whole thing. Cause I, I never, you know, I taught for like a year at Anthony's gym. Yep. You know, they needed somebody there and I didn't, I never like just flat out. I, I said, I don't, I don't want to teach. Yeah. I'm not a teacher. I'm an athlete. I want, I'm all me. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm all me. Baby. Yeah. And I've, I've lived that selfish and that's, you know, not saying I'm a bad guy. I'm not a bad guy, but, um, I think that just came naturally being in the fight game at such a young age, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you're living or dying in there. So like, I took it as I got to be selfish as fuck. Yeah. This is all me. Fight sports, selfish sports. And I painted myself in a corner dropping out of high school. Like I got to make this work. Mm-hmm. So, um, I never saw myself teaching. Um, and then I started teaching at Anthony's and then, um, you know, I didn't really realize it, but I realized time went by so fast mm-hmm. when I taught like, and I had fun doing it. Got, uh, awesome, awesome, um, relationships with all my students and stuff like that. And it was just, it was a happy atmosphere for me, mm-hmm. you know? And I, even the way I looked at it is even if I wasn't trained and I was mentally training, you know, I was teaching yeah, all fundamentals. 100%. I was teaching all fundamentals that is stuff that I use. I don't teach anything that I wouldn't do myself. Just chiseling it in. Chiseling it in. And I noticed I started getting a lot better Mm -hmm. just teaching. Um, So I did that. And then, you know, I ended up uh, stopped working there. I think I was fighting and I was trying to just focus on going on a run. And uh, then you and Spud hit me up about it. And even, even for a while, I was like, nah, not interested, not ready yet. Not ready yet. Um, I still got shit to do. I'm going to do it here. Um, and then it's crazy because going back to dad's passing, like I wouldn't be here if dad didn't pass. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just be honest. You know, I was, I had my life in Milwaukee three years ago, three years. Fucking wild, man. 21st. Yep. Um, I wouldn't have been back here, but what's crazy thinking about it is if dad wouldn't have passed, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And I'm, like I have my days, but I am a lot happier now. Yeah. Doing this with family, doing it with friends and, and teaching. And I've, I've been teaching now for two and a half years. Yeah. Here. God. Two, two, two years. Two. Well, dad passed away almost three years ago and you came pretty quick. It was, we, we opened this gym a few months, like, like a few months, months after. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I've been teaching for a while now and I'm getting older, but time is just flying. Mm-hmm. And I, I have fun doing it. You know, I tell what I said in, in my statement, like I don't, you know, make huge, large sums of money at once, like in fighting, which is a nice, like, Oh shit, I got money. And I'll yeah. also get you in trouble. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, uh, my day to day life is a lot better. And I, I think this is where the dad comes out in me. I think the actual fighter mentality I have is mom. <laughs> Yeah, I love you, mom. That. Love you, mom. Um, more the independent. Yeah, I'm me. This is my journey, and teaching. And I made a I made a post about this after we won fought uh, on my Instagram. But I feel the dad come out of me 
when I'm coaching mm. and I'm just mentally in a better space when I'm coaching. And the, I explained it in the video where fighting is awesome. It's a selfish sport. When you win, you're the shit, mm -hmm. right? After one of your guys wins and they, they, they trust everything you say and you see them pull things off, not get hit, hitting, you know, little tiny things like that, little intricate parts of the game. You see that and then you see them win. It's a completely different feeling. Yeah, so I've talked a lot about this. When I've competed in anything and regardless of whatever the outcome would be, um, I was either happy mm -hmm. or satisfied. Yeah. And I had, a, I had an expectation of performance. But when my people win, I'm fulfilled. Yeah. When, yep. when people win, I get a sense of uh, fulfillment in that I was able to better somebody's living experience. You know, I was able to guide somebody down a road that took them from non-belief to belief. Yeah. Uh, to a place where they could maybe get into a cage or a ring and do things they would never imagine. Mm -hmm. I feel like. I've, I've, I've felt great and happy and satisfied when I won, but that was the expectation. Yeah. When you're coaching somebody, the expectation of course is to win, but you're like, you're really shitting your pants as yeah. a coach. If you're really invested and somebody goes out there to fight, you're like, you're confident in them. But like, I'm I get way more, more nervous. nervous when my, when way people that I coach compete than when I ever did. Yep. And that's because it, it, looking at it from a selfish sport type of perspective, you have an expectation of yourself. You prepare yourself to that standard. Mm -hmm. And if you prepare yourself to that standard, you either win or you lose against the best in the world. Yeah. But when your when your person goes out there, you remember the lessons of early MMA, mm -hmm. which were you can have badass motherfuckers just break yeah. inside the cage. Yep. Yep. You can have guys that are can annihilate and nuke everybody out in the training room and then they get out there and they just Freeze. fall apart. Yep. Yep. And so when you see your person, uh, whatever sport or combat element it is, rise to the occasion, there's a sense of fulfillment in that you get as a coach in, in imparting something on somebody else's life that is just more profound mm -hmm. than competition. And I think a lot of people in MMA, boxing, combat sports, they get into it, they get addicted to training, and then that's all they identify with. Yeah. All they identify with is I'm a, I'm a fighter. I need to train all the time. Mm -hmm. And what happens is they get to a point where they can't train the way they used to. Yep. And they go, well, I don't like not training. I don't like coaching. I'm not getting it. I'm not going to get as much out of coaching as I am training. We've known people that have stopped competing and then just disappeared from training. Yeah. People that competed for years and years and years and years. And then like after they retired, they literally never showed up to the gym again. Yep. They're not happy. Yeah. I think there's a natural progression that takes place that like where you, you convince yourself of what you're capable of as a fighter because of that selfishness, you go down this path, and mm -hmm. you become humbled by it. But then like after you've proven to yourself what your capability is now, it's for me now, it's not about what I'm capable of. It's about what are my students capable of? What can I teach? Yeah. And now I'm having a lot more fun, even, you know, in my older age and at 40 going, now I'm not trying to be the best guy in the gym anymore. 
I'm trying to convey the message mm-hmm. that resonates with everyone the best. Yeah. And that's a whole different sport. Whole different coaching. Thing. Coaching, I tell people, is like the art of explanation. Yeah, straight up. How can you get the most out of people with the least that comes out of your fucking mouth? Well, well, and hard to do. Uh, you and say like that. you said, it makes you a better fighter. No, it does. Um, <clears throat> the the art of explanation. I think that's the biggest thing. I think we, I think me and you both, we know how to talk to people. And some there are some people that are badass athletes, not good coaches. Yeah. They like just every have spo- it. Every sport. Yeah, they just have it. Yep. And it's just natural to them. Um, and for me, coaching, I like... I feel like even I hold some resentment on myself being a fighter, making mistakes, being all about me, being really selfish. I feel like in way teachings like a uh uh paying back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like paying back and I feel like, you know, I'm not a father, but I feel like I like I feel that fatherly trait. Oh yeah. And sure. I've had this guys. talk with Duke. You know, um, I've had this talk with Duke and, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the knowledge I have is from him and even not, not just fight specifics, like I, just life. I heard Duke tonight. I heard Duke over in the <laughs> chewing people's asses for going too hard and trying to eat. Wow. I heard yeah. him. I heard yeah. him talking. Yeah, man. Um, when I fight, I'm so zoned in my adrenaline's going, even if I get hit, it doesn't even feel like it was hard. Yeah. Right. You don't feel anything. Now when you corner somebody mm-hmm. and you're seeing fist fly i'm looking in here like i do this yeah no. you know what i'm saying like this is violent as fuck i don't you know ever, and i don't it, ever watch my shit i don't ever watch any of my competitions but every once in a while i'll be going through youtube or uploading videos for the gym or something and i'll catch my name yeah. versus this person and uh first of all then right right by me is your name and you have red hair and you're 16 like fucking decades ago and it yeah. blows my mind yeah it's wild but there's times where i'm like it's it's really really crazy when you just pause for a minute and think about like who we were when we were kids yep and what we were into and like the where we came from and look forward now and just go what yeah who the saw that fuck did we do <laughs> Yep. You know, we, and you know, I, I really truly, and I could be completely, uh, tooting my own horn and, uh, delusional, but I feel like at some point in time, somebody with, uh, some storytelling ability is going to pick up this story and just go, these fucking guys didn't have a coach. Nope. They just taught themselves basically mm-hmm. how to fight and created a team. And now this team is creating this and that and like, yeah, what a crazy fucking story, yeah, man. man. It's fucking, and I love it, man. And we don't, we ups and we downs, really but. don't, we really don't brag about our shit. And I, there's times where I feel like, man, in in today's day and age, in the social media culture, maybe we should be. Yeah, maybe we should be singing our own success song because the shit we did, nobody else would fucking. Yeah, do. nobody yep. would do it. Yep. The only people would do it is a pocket of of like other very like minded mixed martial artists around the world and country, but like. The people that would go through the journey specifically, there's a lot of people that go to a martial arts gym. Yeah. There's a lot of people do this. The people that would say, we're going to like teach ourselves how to fight. And then take fights. And then take fights and win fights against yeah. world-class teams. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy it's shit, crazy. Man. It's nuts to yeah. think about. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, on coaching, like even, even class and even my own game. And there's something Duke said, um, you know, and this was years back, but Duke's like, 
Honestly, if you ask me now, I'm way better than I was when yeah. I competed. Now, is he got his youth? Is is he like working out like a fighter? No, but skill wise, skill is the most important thing. And I I use I use him as example too. Like your Izzy Izzy Adesanya, he, he teaches kickboxing class yep. too, or he did, you know, on his rise, um, and understands it so much better. The fundamentals, the mechanics, the the science of it. Yep. Because he's had to explain it. Yeah, he's got had to explain it. So that that was something I didn't expect, but it was it was kind of like a a good little bonus bonus points. You know, I I can. Not wreck the older I get, I don't have to wreck my body, but I can still get mental work in the yep. whole time. And then also being a coach, there's a lot of stuff. Um, um, when I was younger, I would put so much time in training. If I wasn't training, I was sleeping, and I didn't watch as much tape as mm. I should have. Now being a coach, study like, and now it's crazy because even when I was like, even height UFC, even like the Aldo time, even like watching UFC clips and stuff like, that, I was like, ah, nah. I'm good. I'm focused on I just my want fight. To train. Just right. Want I just to train. want to train, do this. Now, like I'll be up for two hours watching fights. Yeah. <laughs> Old fights. Dude, you know? it's crazy like, too. I and, do the and, same shit. And picking them apart. So I think my maturity um is getting a lot better. And the way I train is is a lot better. You know, more efficient. Yeah. Efficient, you know, playful, not too playful, but you know, more enough where I can get more reps and stuff like that. But um as for our team, man, it's crazy because I never I never really expected it the way it did, but I'm getting hit up by people on Instagram all the time and yeah. people moving out here. Well, that's what's crazy is like the first person, you know, we came from a place where we were being scouted by big teams. Yes. When we first started way back in the day, we had people like uh, Rothwell, Ben Rothwell and Tim Sylvia going to fights that were in Davenport and yep. they were at coming up scouting us going you need to train with a real team they had no idea how insulting that was to yeah us and very, how much it pissed us very, off very yeah um but we were like no we're obviously we're doing something right yep. <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah yeah but uh now we have people we're in the flip side situation mm -hmm. now we're in the situation where we have people coming and the first person that really like relocated big time was Juan. Juan. and now we have people hitting us up going hey i live in this place that's halfway across the world but I want to come train at your gym yep. and that shit's wild. And I, yeah. I feel like I've been telling people this for the last, you know, for a while, but that team and the team that you have now, the team I saw out there, they're not that far away from all of the sudden just being cast into the, the limelight. Yeah. In my opinion. Contender like, series and stuff like that. Yeah. I well, feel like it's a couple years away from like a super team where there's just a really deep amount well, of what's, people. What's crazy when I think about it, I think about exponential growth. Yes. Right. The aggregation how, of marginal gains. How it, for us, it went slower because we didn't have a tutor. We didn't, didn't have, have the data. We had to just kind of roll with the punches and go with it. Grind it out. And we've trained for years and, you know, training for a decade, decade with, you know, Duke and Cushman. Um, picking up all those, those details, all those tiny details, not even for my own fight career, but I catch myself when I'm teaching them, I sound just like them. Not and me. I used to, I told Kush this when I saw him at the XFC, we went out for a drink afterwards. Um, I told him, I'm like, you know, Kush used to piss me off going with you because you would talk to me for half the fucking time. Like, and I feel like I wasn't, I have a fight coming up and I feel like I'm not getting a workout. And then I was like, but now I thank you because the way I explain things is because you guys have repeated that so many damn times mm -hmm. 
that like a lot of people go train place and they'll get work with bodies, but there is no real knowledge being taught Refined. or being or being ingrained in you, right? Mm -hmm. Being there for so long, that shit I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. Like I can go in on the fly, even even uh, a technique I forgot about, right? If it comes up in my mind, I know exactly how to teach it because we've gone over this mm -hmm. stuff so many damn times. So when I say exponential growth, it's crazy because now we're at a point now where we did it at the right time. We opened a bigger gym in a better location. And now we have all the tools and now all these young kids get shit we didn't have. Imagine this is what we talked about. <laughs> yeah. This place. Yeah. The vacuum of information where you have people that have been on the mat for 15, 20, 25 lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Between you and I, I don't want to count it up, but it's it's 60 years or more in martial arts. And that's two people in the gym. Yeah. There's a bunch of other, bunch people, of other with people decades too. Yeah. So the difference I think with our gym now is um, I visited a lot of great gyms and anybody doing martial arts is doing themselves a great service. If you're going to a gym like ours was six years ago, and in that gym, they're teaching you uh, combinations, uh, rudimentary combinations or techniques on the ground, how to do an arm bar. That's great. The difference between that gym and I think where we're at now um, and where we're going to be seen in the coming next few years is that our level of experience is so high. You're not teaching combinations. You're oftentimes teaching how the human body can generate the optimal amount of power at the optimal time yep. with optimal structure in the human body. Little tiny finite details that when you're striking with somebody with four ounce gloves is the difference between you getting horribly beaten and or knocked out yeah. or you doing the same to them. Yeah. And there are a lot of places around here that talk, you know, they offer boxing and they offer this and they offer that. Um, not a wealth of places, but some. And I've had people come to me and go, are there boxing, uh, boxing clubs around here? And I'll go, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Oh, well, I, I didn't hear anything about them. I'm like, well, you can go there, but, uh, my brother is a better boxing coach yeah. than anybody you're going to get there. So yep. you can go to his kickboxing class and become a better boxer than you can at some of them because yep. at these other places, they're just calling out kind of wanton combos. Yeah. You're just hammering away at focus moves. You don't know how to move dynamically on somebody who's trying to spear you in the fucking face. Well, and that's the biggest thing, right? We call it feel good mitts. And there's time, you know, for feel good mitts. But if you watch any of the best boxers, if you watch any of the best kickboxers, their pad holders are trying to hit them. Yeah. It's a simulated fight. And that's how we were taught with, with Duke and Kush. Like it's, and I never, because I used to look at it before I started working with them, I would, I would look even at people in the UFC and they're doing big numbered combinations. These are all predetermined things yeah. that they're doing. So when they're slipping, they know the punch is coming before the punch is thrown, which is not what happens, which is not how it happens. <laughs> right. So I used to think that. And then when I started working with, with, uh, cushion Duke, and even the first time Duke held pads for me, I was like, man, we're just throwing like singles and like rudimentary and they're going over technique and yeah. stuff and it feels good. But I'm like, okay, when are we going to get into the good stuff? Mm -hmm. The fucking, that is the, good the, stuff. the fucking, yeah. The fucking, the street the fighter, fantasies. 15, 15 hit combo. Right. Yep. That's not how fighting works. You're dealing with another variable. 
You're dealing with another person. So Mm -hmm. it's reaction, especially in striking because striking is faster pace Mm -hmm. and you're not always connected. So it is more reaction. So going over pads. And then when we got me and Anthony got to the point, we were clean on pads. And then I'd go to the UFC and watch people hit pads. And I'm just like, even me and Kush, being the critics that we are, we're what? We're no, looking dude, at I each know. other, right? I like yeah, to the fights yeah. I've been with you on in the UFC. I was kind of shocked, and not mm-hmm. only in the UFC, but other bigger shows, Bellator, or even lower level shows that feed into Bellator and UFC. I would get in the locker room and be like, "Okay, like this is gonna see some the crazy world. shit. There's gonna be some Mayweather combos, yep. some all kinds of shit." And it's like three two, <laughs> three two, yeah, yeah, three two, slip two. And yep. I'm like, "What the fuck is this shit? Like yep. this is like YMCA kickboxing." Yep. yep. But then the great thing about MMA is, um. In this camp might just be very rudimentary. They might not have a ton of skill, mm-hmm. but they might have been us twenty years ago. Yep. And us twenty yep. years ago is still a dangerous, dangerous yeah. person that because mindset's the biggest thing. So much of it this comes down to you have people like you look at somebody like Perry. Um, Perry has not at this point competed with the highest echelon of guys. But you don't want to get hit or elbowed by Mike Perry. <laughs> right, right. You know what Straight I mean? Like up. He, he will bite down on his shit and he's because not afraid he's an to animal. Throw. Yeah. And he'll fucking throw. Yep. And if he lands on you, you might go to sleep. Yeah. Yep. That's the beauty of MMA. But if you have that and you have skill, you'd be a world champion. Uh, for sure. For you know sure. I mean? Well, and I mean, that's a, as a parent, even a lot, most of the champions are striking. Even your Usman that used to wrestle fuck everybody. Just, now he's yeah. knocking people out. You yeah. know? So like... And it is, it's all, it's all, it's all fundamental. So like, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm so glad. I'm so glad that, you know, I went down there, I spent time, made those connections. You know, both of them are like father figures to me. Love both those guys. But, um, coming, yeah, how blessed to, to meet up with those guys early. Yep. We met those guys at, um, we let, at least we made the connection with Duke at mainstream, at yep. the early mainstreams. That was like early 2000s seeing all the the stuff i've been taught and and going over it over and over and over mm. has made my thought press a, uh, process a lot stronger even my techniques more more crisp mm-hmm. um just going over that um even catching myself if i catch myself going against what i just taught i'm like oh shit got to get on just it just being right? aware yeah, of it yeah being aware of it um and that's half of it right yeah, well, if you're it's aware all habits. of it then you know when you can it's habits bend it that's how you build too. the habits right yeah. i even my students when I'm watching them. They throw a kick and they do something not quite right. Mm-hmm. But before I can say anything, they're like, damn it. I didn't. I'm like, that's good. Yeah. That means you, can, you're not, you know it. It's yep. going to be an easier fix. You're yep. going to keep going and you're going to, you're, you're on the cusp. So coaching, man, coaching's fucking awesome. I, I love it. I almost like the gratification of seeing all my guys wreck shop. Yeah. Than even me winning. Well, um, I'll tell you what, since, since you've got here, um, we've had a lot more knockouts like to be honest hard drive before we there were people that knocked people out but mm-hmm. it was rare there were a lot of submissions there's a lot of grinding there's a lot of beating people everywhere and just out fighting people grinding but there wasn't a ton of clean neurological shut off knockouts yeah and um we have some really talented people that you're teaching now but yeah um some of that striking now is starting to show through on our team and they're having the confidence to go out there, whether the early storms that you're going to get with anybody good and still get that KO. Well, what's crazy is, and I told these, these guys not long ago, um, 
I told them where hard drive was. We were more of the grinder team, right? Mm -hmm. Even me, young in my career, like I like stand up, but I submitted everybody. Yeah, it it was was easy, right? It was just run (laughs) through them. Yeah, Yeah. so like that's what hard drive was known for. Now, if you notice, anybody that takes fights with us, they don't like standing. Yeah. They try taking us all down. Yeah. And um, so that's an testament. Everybody's putting in the work. They're listening. They're doing it. And uh, being well-rounded is super, super key. But I also tell these guys what my coach said. I'm like, be good on the ground. That's great. But MMA is getting to a point now where everybody's standing mm-hmm. because people are getting good at wrestling and at takedown defense, defense yeah. and stuff like that, right? And every fight starts standing. Not only that, these promoters want stand-up guys. Mm-hmm. They're more promotable. So I tell that. I tell that to like Alec. Right, Alex, 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Um, five and zero, four and zero, five and zero. Well, with amateur record, five and zero, five and zero. All but knockouts, all knockouts. Um, all first round too, right? One and zero pro. Yep. Uh, no, one was second. One was second. Um, but he's a, you know leading into who's on the team. He's kind of like a front runner for us just because he's young and he's a sponge. He's a sponge. He he listens. He executes. His last fight, working even working with Biggie, uh, Biggie and me, Biggie was telling him, just touch with the jab. As soon as Biggie says that in the video, he knocks dude out down. with a jab, right? Yep. So, like, guys entrusting and, and, and believing in the system and then seeing it work. Sam, I started crying when Sam knocked that dude out with a head kick because I saw – he started crying and I could see his emotion. And I'm like, Sam with a fucking high kick? Like – I, of all the things I expected yeah, I Sam to do, I didn't expect that, right? Yeah. But he just flowed. He just trusted it, and it fucking worked. So seeing young guys doing this, doing this, and having like the the front row seat, and having a part of that is fucking awesome because I feel like I'm helping. You know, yeah. I'm helping in in a positive way, and uh, nobody can fight forever. You yeah. know, I still got that spark. I still got demons. I still want to fight. Um, but, when you still have opportunities. And it, right, right. Yeah. And it, you know, and it, you know, when I'm intrigued, that'll be when I go. And honestly, I, the best I've ever been just teaching mm-hmm. and doing it like technique wise. Because you're like, still relatively young too. Uh, yeah. It's not like well, you're, you and, and I've gotten so much better because even growing a younger team, I'm not going with killers all the time. But even Duke told me, he's like, when you move down there, you know, you're not going with any killers. Use that to work on your weak parts of your game. Mm-hmm. When I would spar, me and Anthony were like main sparring partners. So like when it came to a point where I was feeling really good Southpaw, I go standard, mm-hmm. ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, nope, got to go back to Southpaw, right? Yeah. I didn't get to work that shit as much, right? And that's not against them. Like we have a bunch of killers. We're just, getting fight ready, yeah, right? Just but necessity. like glass half full, like a lot of people look at it like, oh, young team, you don't have anybody to train with well i can also develop my skills this is more technique before it is anything else yeah when you start getting the balls and the 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 like the crazy mentality that's 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 second right just like lifting lifting weights isn't like the main part of my regimen lifting weights is supplemental well right? and we can't forget you know it's easy to go a plus b equals c and if you train with a bunch of killers that this you're automatically going to have yeah you want to train with killers yeah. you want to know what's your where where you stand but the last fight you had, you had me, Lonnie, and Spud a couple times yep. for grappling. That was yep. it. Yep. Some basically washed up retired guys and a team yeah. that of, of a bunch of green people that weren't really quite at your level. But it didn't matter because you were able to adjust your training to get what you needed. What I needed. You believed in it. You went out there and you fucking closed the show. Yep. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things. Menta- the mentality is the biggest 
biggest thing in this belief. sport. Any, really, any sport, belief yeah, is belief. really the biggest thing, right? Yeah. Especially in this. It's one-on-one. Um, and it's battle. You're doing damage. So a lot of guys think that. I thought that. I thought, I got to be with killers if I'm going to get better. And Makes for, a, sense. For, a young, for a young person, I get mm-hmm. it. I get it, right? It's the most logical thing. Oh, I'm going to become what I'm around, right? Pack of wolves, I'm going to you know, earn my stripes. Um, but the older I get, there's a difference between training when you're younger and you're older. Yeah. Me being older, I don't want to be taking hard-ass shots every fucking Monday. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be doing brain damage the older I get. I've been fighting since 16 years old. You see this with your Robbie Lawlers, your Tony Ferguson's. They switch the way they train up. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to when you're older. So I've kind of approached it the way Duke did. Just be smarter. Fight mm-hmm. smarter, right? Fight smarter. Focus on technique. Focus on getting better, getting reps. That's all fighting is. Yeah. Like getting getting better and in, in like especially striking is reps. It's like technical it's, whack-a-mole. Yeah. It is literally reps, reps, reps. Who and and Duke used to tell me all the time, watch boxing training. Boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. They do the same shit. You only shit. got two fucking arms. Yeah. You can only do too, so much. And but you can do a lot, but it's still right, only right, so much. But it's it's who's willing to do that, right? So um me now I feel I feel fucking phenomenal, man. I feel I feel like I'm in it's my cause all the all the roids. All the roids. <laughs> <laughs> That's what what gave it away. Damn it. Um but uh but no, I feel like I you know, I'm more in my seventy body now and stuff like that. But as long as our guys keep taking fights. I love getting these guys ready for fights. I love seeing them win. Um, They're only going to get bigger too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and even like Alex. So example, right? Iron sharpens iron. So even when I took that fight, yeah, the the team was smaller. I didn't have as many people to train with. Now our guys are getting better. Alex fucking submitted me the other day. Really? That's the first time. What did he get you with? We're naked. Fucker. But he got me me slipping because I I got comfortable because I thought, I'm going to get out of this. Nope. He fucking cinched it like, on. He nope. fucking got it. I had to get him back, and I got him back with an ankle lock, and I never go. For it. But there was time was running out, and I'm like, I'm not letting you fucking one up me. So like, so you went up but, him with an ankle. Yeah, lock. I, and I never fucking go for him. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so so um, uh, but it was cool, and I told him, and I'm like like I'm I'm very prideful, but what's cool is teaching. I can set my pride apart. Yeah. And even after class, I'm like, look. Alec fucking submitted me, you know, back in the day. Remember when fucking Bo submitted me five times? I, do. God, I was really good. I was getting better. And he submitted me five times with his standing guillotine. And you lost I all hope. Threw a yourself. fucking hissy fit. I'm yeah. done. Right. Like now, like I don't. That's what martial arts does to you. It though. does. Like, I, I was convinced, uh, you know, just a few years ago that I was done growing. That, yeah. Like as a martial artist, I couldn't get any better. Mm-hmm. And the reason, the reason that was, is because. All I did was train and I was burned out because I was teaching and I was working at the same time. Yeah. So I'd be like, okay, we're going to work on uh, this today. Yeah. And there was no systemization of it at all. I was just like, I was drawn too thin and I was training. I love training. I love rolling. I love doing this. I love doing that. And so I wasn't studying. I wasn't going after to like, I'd look at technique videos here and there, but like, I wasn't really committing myself to going, okay, I'm going to pretend like I don't know anything again. And I'm going to listen to what this guy has to say about this. Yeah. And so, um, when I left aspect and I started getting back into the gym full time and I was coaching full time and I started, I had more time to sit down and like study great coaches. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? When I, when I mean that I'm talking like 
Um, I got Duke system. I got Duke syllabus. So yeah. I was able to watch all the striking stuff. Um, that helped out a lot. But I was coaching jiu-jitsu. So I started watching uh, material from John Donaher. I started watching. Um, I, I did watch, and I'm, luckily I watched some Lovato stuff because now we're associated with Lovato, and I, I watch all of his material. Yeah. But when I started watching these different coaches and just like becoming a student again, and then having to relay these lessons that I would learn to my students, all of the sudden my jujitsu I felt like went way through the ceiling. And I was beating my head up against the wall for like 18 months going, I keep doing the same shit over and over and over. Because it was, I was working on the same people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Then when I would get somebody tough, like I would roll with Bo, and he was like, at that point, he was the guy that I rolled the most with, the yeah. most consistently. Yeah. And we had been training at that time for now like 11 or 12 years. So yeah. We knew each, know other's, each other's game and it was, yep. it was boring, but I could never pass his guard. Mm -hmm. I'd get close. I'd get past it for like a second and then he'd just throw me back in it and I'd be pissed off and I'd be like, maybe I'm just done getting better. Yeah. Like I said that to myself over and over because I didn't have time to study or even think about it. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, time goes by. I just accept it as a martial artist. Well, maybe I'm going to get my ass kicked in the future and that's just the way it is. I'm getting old. Yeah. Then I started having time to study and I found some very simple fundamental reminders of shit that I've known the whole time I've been on the You job just needed that I just wasn't focusing on. Yep. I was shredding through everybody's guard with my experience from a kneeling position and I couldn't do that as easily with Bo. Yeah. Because he was gonna catch me up in shit. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, you don't you don't stack and you don't stand. Yeah. You're staying in this perfect spot for all of these submissions and stuff to yeah. manifest, just try doing this. Because I had time to study, even though I was learning some of the same shit, it was mm -hmm. just like a reminder. Yeah, yeah. I had this great epiphany, and then all of a sudden I started having a little bit more success in some of these areas. Yeah. And you go through that over and over. Yep. There's this ebb and flow. Yep. And I feel like a lot of martial artists that aren't really in it for the long term, they'll do it, this is like a blue belt curse thing, they'll do it for two or three years, they'll gain some confidence. And then they'll have this like meltdown moment where they think their shit doesn't stink, but then somebody comes in and just Checks them. fucks them up. Yeah. And it's like a white belt or something. Yeah. And they yeah. just can't handle it and they quit. Yeah. But I got to a point where I had almost relegated myself to believing like this is the end of my skill. Like I can't improve. This yeah. is the pinnacle of martial arts. And I was full of shit. Yeah. Like I w am way better than I was at that point in time, but like. The mind is a powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. And it's... for a coach, being able to take an athlete like Alec, imagine if Alec walks into a gym and he has a coach that has a, a, a more grappling-based mindset and he tries to make Alec a grappler mm -hmm. and tries to deny the natural talent that Alec has in the power of his hands. Yeah. Imagine how different his fucking career is. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's a, that's a profoundly important thing that you can do to coach. And like, that's why I get the intent in trying to scout out young talent because there are a lot of young fighters out there that are with teams that aren't going to take them where they could go. Yeah. And man, I'll tell you what, maybe it's easy to say this cause we're where we're at now, but if there is any sport where I want to seek out and track down somebody who's done this for 20 or 25 years, yeah, it's MMA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the sport real. where people are trying to shin you in the face. And I think people know now about your coaching. I think they knew about your fighting ability, but now I think they know the kind of team that you've put together. And now I think it's just a fucking magnet. Well, and now, well, not only ass. people getting in now promoters. 
Yeah. Like me and Biggie can't keep them off. I know. You know, they're hitting so me like, up, and I'm like, I don't know. What to yeah. Say. So like, you know, and that's a, and that's not a problem. It's a good no, that's thing, a good right? thing. Yeah. Um, picky. Be but picky. yeah, even out there tonight, man, we got how many people we have there? A couple left early, but it ain't five. I'll no, man. No, we had about fifteen or twenty yeah, people. Fifteen or twenty people. You know, and it's not that's not irregular anymore. Like you, you no. guys have been getting bigger and bigger groups into kickboxing. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, like it's now taking up half the mat, and we're gonna have to modify the gym a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I mean, good, good problems. Good problem to have. Yeah, but um, but yeah, on coaching. I mean, even I wanted to go back because we were talking about Juan moving here. Even Juan, man, Juan's Juan's been in martial arts his entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, karate, and we met him in uh, uh, North Carolina when I fought Bobby Green, and uh, his gym, the core gym core. out there, was a affiliate of Duke's. So like he. Juan was nice enough to show for me around. I was cutting weight and uh, we got trained at his gym and stuff. But long story short, Juan ended up just on a whim coming here, staying with me. I had open space. And uh, he was at a point where Juan doesn't care who he fights. He's like the old mind. Like, I don't give a mm-hmm. fuck. I just want to fight. So, like, he was 2-0 and and then he took two really tough fights. One guy that uh, still undefeated, I think. Anthony Romero or something like that. He was on Contender Series. Um, and then there was another dude. I forget where he trains at. But another tough dude. And he he was kind of in a, a sticky spot because he lost two fights in a row. And uh, he decided to move here. And, you know, now I can see, you know, him trusting the system and doing not – not just in the training room, but in the fight, he's starting to make yeah. modifications you and do things it. differently. And now he's on a two-fight win streak. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he just fought an XFC. He fought a guy that trains at Kings. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I can see, like, even with the technique and the confidence, um, confidence is super big in this sport. You know, you can get in a mental funk. You get in a mental funk, you you'd be your worst own worst enemy. Yeah. So, like, what I like. With what we got here, with the killers, with with the Alex, with the Sands, with the Wands, and um, even Kelvin coming from Canada to train here, staying with me, fucking, mm-hmm. let him stay at my house. I don't give a shit. Like martial arts is my life, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And he he's asking like, how? I'm like, dude, just you're a body. Come here, train. That's all I ask. Like I'm I'm very simple. Figure so. it out. And then we had Dylan move from Illinois. Yep. Um, and all these all these young guys. We got Nelson now, new young little kid who live in Puerto Rico his whole life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so we're getting people coming here. They're trusting the system. Um, I try to do the best job I can at having fun doing it. Like it's already, it's already a tough fucking sport. Um, and I don't want to bog everybody down. So I try to have, you know, have fun in these, in these classes, not be too overbearing. There's some times where I have to, but just like any parent, any coach, you got to do it. But I think we we're we're building something here, man. Uh, yeah, it's a good group. They've yeah. got a good uh, good rapport and a good yeah. camaraderie between them. And I like, I just feel like it's just continuing. Oh, to it's elevate. yeah, it's it, continuing, and especially in in Iowa, man. Everybody pocket trains. Like nobody, there is no haven. There is yeah. no like, there's no uh, one one stop shop. You, you know? know, it's interesting too because Iowa's not that big. You know, and when we, when we were training, um, and we knew Dave was training, but Dave was training at a different time of day and he worked a different shift. Yeah. And then when he came and trained with us, he's like, coach, like, I had no idea you guys were over here and I didn't know you guys were this good. 
I was, you know, too small. We need to train together. Yeah. Like he knew right yep. then that it was only logical to, to put ourselves in the situation we were training together. Yeah. But that's not the way everybody thinks. And I feel like that's the way people should be thinking. They should be going, look, just on numbers. Yeah. Iowa doesn't, we have a lot of hard workers, but we don't have that many people. Yeah. So we need to find a way to keep our community tight mm -hmm. so that we can be competitive with these huge markets and demographics on the East and West coast. Yeah. But they don't do that. Yeah. Generally they train in pockets and they still have pride in this team or that team. And it's like, the, and, and I'm all for loyalty. I'm all for pride. But in the end of the day, it's the hurt business. Yeah. You're getting hurt in there. So you're, you're putting your, your faith into hands that might not be the most beneficial for you. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, and I get it. And it, like, like I said, it, it might sound a little contradictory because that's where we started. But I also know that we, our mindset was far different sure. than a lot of these people that pocket train. Oh, oh yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I um, well, I think a lot of people are pocket training to avoid a place like ours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, flat out, I'll just say it, but there are some people in Iowa that I would say have a lot of experience and know what they're doing. There's like a few schools, mm -hmm. um, uh, in Des Moines, uh, near, uh, or, well, and what's, or Purcelli, and they, what's, they come to, to mind. Well, but what's crazy too, is like, this is going to be like the old fogey talk, like the OGs, right? near near somebody he's just, he's just naturally a fighter yeah right like even when the sport wasn't big he just fought because that's yeah. who he was right yeah. um and we're at a point now we were even rival gyms mm -hmm. like we were hard driving near was at at, no at Milchich. and i remember there was a time where we had a scuffle it was like straight out of a movie after a adrenaline card god that was fucking years ago when pat militage fought and it, literally we got like a line line off like we're about to fight like hard, hard drive. I wasn't there for Yeah, this. man. It was fucking wild. But like. That would have been awesome. We're, yeah, we're about to throw down. Luckily, it de-escalated. We got everybody out of there. But now it's crazy because there's mutual respect. Yeah. Like, I respect the fuck out of Nier. Yeah. I know. I know he's, he's an OG. Well, he's been. He's, he's still in the sport. He's still a martial artist. Yeah, and he's still teaching. He's still teaching kids. Still doing he's his still shit. teaching adults and, and like yeah, he's living the lifestyle. Well, and they, and there's there's a certain respect even even at that time when tensions were high. And there was a lot of personal shit that went in there, but it's all squashed. Everything with with time heals. Well, um, and I think that somebody like Near 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 didn't compete against um, any of it, like you or I or anybody directly, but um, he's been around long enough. Mm -hmm. He's seen us compete long enough. Yeah. He's seen us. No, and that's that he he knows like, he knows what's he up. knows. Yeah. Well, he knows, and and we know, and we know. L that's why I refer. Oh, you're in Des Moines. You shouldn't really be fucking anywhere else yeah. unless you're at Nears Pacelli's. You yeah. know, like they're the OGs. They've been around. They've got the knowledge, right? And Near does the same for us. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, like he, he said knows that. Yeah, and there's there's well, and it, we, we text, we message. Like he, you know, he even told me he's like, hey, had a couple guys. They said they were from Hard Drive. Thanks for referring. You know, like as a martial artist, I want you learning shit that works. Yeah, I'm not into this tomfoolery. I and, take it very seriously. And aligning yourself with people that take it as seriously. right and take it as seriously. So like it's like an OG. It's almost like an OG code. OG code. OG code, man. Like, and they they know they know who the fakers are. Yeah. And we know who we're talking about Fuck because fake, fake we'll, we'll have the same we'll have the same talk. They know they've they've called yeah. them out right there. And there's a lot of people like that, and saving people from from that yeah. from that shit. 
you know? Um, and it's at a point now where that respect kind of turned into a friendship. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm cool. Hey, Josh, you want to go have a beer? Like, cool as fuck. You know, Pat Miletage. Pat Miletage, you know, fuck, on the same spectrum. Bless him. Yeah, on the same spectrum. <laughs> yeah, dude. Really. Like, it, like, even not sitting down and having, like, the, the, the conspiracy talks and shit, but on the same fucking spectrum. I would have never guessed that back in the day. Yeah. yeah you well, know you know, it's, it, martial arts has a tendency to really narrow people's focus into what's true. Yeah, straight and, up. And um, I think that most higher-level mixed martial artists have a, a very genuine, true perspective just because of the humbling that they've had to go through. So it's only natural because of you know the law of attraction which i'm convinced is 100 percent a real thing oh yeah um that those people are going to gravitate towards each other and in early ages in the early stages that might come in a form of of uh, uh competition yeah but after 20 years it's just knowledge yeah and time yeah and respect for still continuing to pursue this truth well well and it was it was one of uh when i was at the, at that xfc for one i did a uh, a zoom interview um, cause a couple guys are making like a documentary on Dustin Poirier mm-hmm. and, uh, they wanted to get me on there. And like, we went through the talk, like where like the rivalry started in WEC and how everybody compares us and all that shit. And I was just, I was just open. I was just being honest and we're talking about the fight and I was, you know, I cut and dry. wasn't making any excuses. And then afterwards they were like, man, that was, that was really good, man. Like you speak very well. And like it didn't bother you. A lot of people, we can't get past opponents to talk about it because there's bitter, a little bitter and salty. salty. And I'm like, I'm like, this is the way I look at it. When you lose a fight, there's a lot of emotion. You might be salty in that moment. You might be salty for a year, right? In the end. And we've talked about this, whether, where you go on your road, I'm just happy that I get to do what I do. Yeah. And when I, when I talk about it and I talk about the Dustin Poirier fight, that shit was in 2013. Mm-hmm. Right, it was a long time ago. Um, we even had shit where we were talking shit on Twitter and shit like that. And I'm like, I fucking love Dustin. I think he's a good ambassador for the sport. What he's doing for the charity work, um, I respect the hell out of him. Didn't take the easy road. Had to fight a million fights to even get a fucking title shot. Yep. You know, like still um, the champ. There is no fucking bitterness. In fact, when I'm if there was bitterness, you wouldn't when, be doing what you're doing. Well, and when I'm old, when I'm old, if I have kids or I have students. They're like war stories. It's fun to talk. Even the losses. Yeah. I even make fun of myself when I fought Ricardo Lamas. I tell people that. I don't try to. I don't tell people about my. I about actually talk more <laughs> about my fucking losses yeah. than I do my wins. That was a crazy one. And, and that one, like, I'll tell that story. And I'm like, you want to see me get fucked up? Here the you go. Fish. Here's a video. I bad, the bad fish. Yeah. No, bad chicken bad chicken but you never told anybody about but you i don't i've well, never known i've never smelled anything come out of a bathroom like that came out that and morning. that was like, coming out of my mouth your your shit you you're, you were shitting constantly and it was i remember you, you know when you can smell sickness yeah oh it, it was. was sickness it was i was like was. there's something fucking i was actually wrong burping and the burp was it i like i gag. knew there was something wrong um, with you and i was i was I, like i was staying quiet man i was like composed i knew um but it was funny because i'll never forget and the little shit like this like 20 minutes before i'm gonna walk out anthony fought cowboy the first time yeah that night in and milwaukee remember, right uh-huh milwaukee no this was chicago okay oh chicago. yeah that's right yeah at the hard rock. yep yeah. and um <laughs> anthony goes 
damn, Coke, you bust ass? I'm like, no, man, that was a burp. He's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah. Because it was constant. Bad. It was well, constant. It was the and, whole day. And I remember, I remember like, like taking fighting as serious as I do, especially walking out. Like I like high energy. Yeah. Um, that walkout, I even told myself, I'm like, win, lose, or draw, man. I, I'm not even worried about winning. Like, don't shit your pants. Don't shit your pants. I'm wearing white wear spandex white spandex. on Fox. Like, Channel 8 Fox. That, <laughs> like, that, that, that was, like, an yeah, outlet. That like, was the, uh, the, I'll tell you what, like, for one of your fights, I've never felt so much dread going out. And I didn't tell you this at the time, but yeah. I knew exactly how you felt. And yeah. it, that day, when you woke up, and you opened up the bathroom and came out, and I smelled that smell, and then you burped, and I smelled that smell. I'm like, we're fucked. Sounds good. But like, and even though <laughs> it sucks so bad, dude. I was like, he has food poisoning. It's, he is sick as shit it's, right it's now. It's gonna be. It's gonna be another one of those. Oh, back in my day, right? It'll like be one great. of the it's tough. A, guys. It's a good story because what's funny about it is back in those days in the UFC, like you can't just pull. No. Like I could say I have food poisoning. They would have been so fucking mad. Main card, yeah. title contender fight. I would have got punished. One way for it. Now yeah. they've got so many scientists in there monitoring health and shit like that. Yeah. You hear people pulling out because of food poisoning all the I've fucking heard, time. I've heard it not all that the, long ago. All the fucking time. Yeah. All the fucking time. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to. Right? Yeah. yeah like, fuck yeah. You're getting, but back getting then, in. But if back you didn't then, do it, there was you no were just pull. Scared. You're like, well, I'm sick. Here yep. we go. <laughs> Prove it. Yeah. Yep. Burp in their face and they'd go. Yeah, dude. <sighs> well, and it's funny because even on Sherdog, when you type my name in, that's my profile pic is me standing in the cage that fight. And I look, I look sick. Yeah. Like I didn't retain any water. No. I looked like no I water at it. all. No, dude. No I was skin and bones. I was fucking, my face skin was like sagging. Yeah. I looked like a zombie. So that was, that was terrible. But even going through all these all these losses, and even even Duke tells us more about his losses than his wins, because mm-hmm. that's where you learn lessons, yep. right? And like I tell all my guys, I'm like, guys, you're gonna lose, right? That's not the mindset we go in. No, we're going in every fight to win. And yeah, there's an exception. You could be a Khabib. Maybe you're just a fucking monster, and you you're always on for fight night. Better but, believe it. But you believe it, you and believe, believe it. it until it happens, yeah. right? Um. But every dog has its day. There's too many variables in MMA. Shit happens, mm-hmm. right? So um, telling them, even dealing with losses, it fucking sucks, man. I've cried after every single one of my losses, right? It's a, it's a lot. And, you know, I'm not the biggest Tito fan anymore, even though I was Tito. But even what Tito would say is like like a loved one dying. When you lose, man, you, you commit so much of your life. You sacrifice not going out, not eating yeah. the things you want. Your mind is constantly occupied with the thought of you stepping in for 15 minutes for months for months that's all your mind is on so like when you lose and you come up short it it's fucking terrible but that's what i love about this game man and that like you can you can win and you feel great and you lose but it's a mo you feel right like it's like you can you've done something that a lot of people don't do and even in the losses man like I've, I've told myself, like, even when I was undefeated, like, I'm not going to lose. That's mm-hmm. it, right? Like, I'm like, I'm the shit. Nobody's even come close to fucking touching me. Mm-hmm. And then I lost and I didn't know how to deal with it. And I'm like, well, this means I'm not as good as I thought I was. And maybe this isn't for me. That wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Got back on the fucking bicycle. Fucking went going, you know? And that's. But look at people like Brandon Moreno. Yeah, he gets up. cut. He loses. He gets cut. and comes back. Now he's comes a champ. back. Now he's a champ. Yeah, like yeah. In, a, in a pretty short amount of and time. And that's a really 
really short amount of time. And that's that's mindset. If he doesn't believe that, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's all mindset. Well, even even with Connor, love him or hate him. Yeah. Speak that shit into existence, right? You know, they, in the time when they, I saw him that I went, I don't believe him. Yeah. Yep. The time I, he got knocked out. He yep. got beat. Like, yep. When yep. I've seen him have to question that belief, that like, that's the thing that I, I enjoyed so much about watching Connor compete as I really believed him. Like this motherfucker really believes he every crazy word he's saying. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and then he would go do it and I would go, look at that. That's manifest yeah, destiny. Straight that's up. an awesome thing to see. But then when I saw him against poor guy, I went, this looks like a rich guy that can fight. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But he's doesn't, the way he was conducting himself in the pre-fight stuff with not bravado, with not this flair, it made me go, Nah. maybe you're not as hungry anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. that's in his position. That's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, the team that you're bringing up right now, I feel like they're a part of a really good system and uh, they have a lot of respect for their coaches. They listen to their coaches. They get out of hand like a, any group does. Mm-hmm. But that culmination of all that experience you have now, you're concentrating that and diluting that into a message for kids that are like you. Yeah. That didn't happen. That don't. Yeah. You, you had. Yeah. We had to figure out a lot of this stuff on our own. And yep. Like, Mistakes. The, sh- the shit that I've learned, just in the last five or six years, in the way that my game has changed in jujitsu, is mind blowing. And I've just relegated myself to the understanding, as I'm sure you have, that there is no mountaintop. Nope. There's just a constant slow progression of in improvement in efficiency, and that is it. Yeah. And if you can take. And this is what these guys are paying for. If you can take what we've done in the last 25 years and concentrate it into an hour lesson and you're paying seven or 10 bucks for it, it's a fucking steal. It's a steal. Because if you don't pay that 10 bucks a lesson for that, it'll take well, you fucking years if you ever get there. Well, and I try to, I try to tell people, I try to tell people and I never, I never got it. And like the concept of money, like it seems like a lot, like a hundred, a hundred dollars for an hour session. Shit, right? dude. Till you have a daughter that dances or does some shit, <laughs> right? But, but it's crazy because even to me, I'm like, yeah, that's pricey. And I'd, I'd see people post those prices. I'm like, anybody do do. Now, you know, I do my monthly rate, and like I like, like I said, even even what I should get paid, it's not what I should get paid. But mm-hmm. I, I love doing it. Yeah, like, I don't mind. I'm okay. I'm making money. I can live, <laughs> and. I get to do something I love. I'm not going to, I'll count my fucking blessings. Well, that's what I'm, I tell people. You, you know like, what I'm saying? I might, there might not be a huge amount of money in the industry, but when I take myself all the way back to when I was a kid and mom was going, just do what you love to do. Wake up every morning and do what you love to do because then you'll really be rich. Yeah. Wealth is one thing and, ri- and rich is something else. And rich is quality of life. And yeah. there are a, inordinate unhealthy amount of people our age older maybe even that go to job nine to five they work eight hours a day let's say what it is they're somebody's bitch yeah straight up they get paid they get reimbursed for the tasks that they do and some people have fulfilling work that they love some people go to school and they become doctors or they become this or they become accountants and they fucking love it and that is awesome yeah but as we've talked about, that is not most of the time what happens. Most of the time, it's people that are just sitting here for 40 hours uh, doing remedial tasks for some company and getting paid some very low wage for it. And I always told Courtney and everybody else, if I have a place to live, my family is fed, 
everybody's safe and healthy. I would rather have the the I would rather have the power of choice in what I'm going to do in my life. Yeah. And if that means that I'm going to go out and pick up rags off of a floor <clears throat> and bring them back and wash them and not get paid hourly for it, but be able to do the, my life the way I want to, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Straight up. There's a there's there is a, a <laughs> desire now that I'm older to have and acquire some wealth. And I, I believe now that I've done more research into wealth that I don't need to make huge amounts of money to acquire decent amounts of wealth. Right. But um, in the martial arts industry, there's not a lot of people who want to do martial arts. No. You know what I mean? And that's why dance lessons are sometimes $800 a month and why martial arts lessons are here, $125. Yeah. All inclusive. Um, but it, there's not a huge amount of money here as there is in like a multi-sport thing or like football or basketball or anything yeah. like that. But it doesn't matter. Like if I can get up in the morning and go, I get to teach jujitsu for three hours today. I get two privates and I have to teach a class. And then I get to have a meeting with my business partner about what improvements we're going to make with the gym. And then I get to go home and hang out with my family who also does martial arts. Yep. Yeah. I'm it's winning. No, yeah. I'm winning, no baby. Brainer, man. Like if they put me in the ground, and all I have is my $700 paycheck that I just got paid, whatever. Yeah. But my bills are paid and my family's good and I got to live this life. I'm fucking aces. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. if we can get to a point and that's the next venture of our thing is getting debt free and, and compiling huge amounts of money. Yeah. But uh, until that happens, like I need so little. In fact, I need less. Yeah. I need less to be happy. And I found that the more shit I've gotten rid of and the more I've minimized my life to its essence. What do, what am I doing here? Yeah. It's just so much more free. Well, it's funny because I had a, I had a girl ask me, uh, you wear the same stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I got bins of clothes in my room that I don't wear. I wear the same stuff because I do the same things every day and I'm training every day. And mm -hmm. I like what I wear. And I'm very simple. I can wear the same shit and I'm still good. I'm still confident. You could see me wearing the same fucking thing and I'll still be like, yep, I'll, yeah. own, the, I'll own the fuck out of that shit. I think like with wealth, it's, it's a lot of like, this goes back to mentality. I think it's insecurities people have. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you, like you said, um, wealth to me or not are not wealth riches riches yeah. riches to me is doing what i love not having to do something that like i'm forced to do as a necessity to make money mm -hmm. i make money doing shit that i'm good at that i love to do mm -hmm. i'm in a very blessed position right yeah. especially self-made even, even with the usada thing and even even taking a seat back from fighting right i'm blessed to be able to coach and even continue to live without worrying about i gotta rush and take all these fights to make money and well, that's with your not, experience, you don't have to. Right, right, right. But you know, and I'm, 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 I'm super happy for that. And the biggest thing, not working for anybody else. Yep. Um, can't, can't do it. Once again, <laughs> do it. not to all the people that are cool out there. I love you. To all the fucking idiots, right? That think they can hold power over people, like in corporate jobs and shit like that. I couldn't. I wouldn't survive. I'm a very good people person. Mm -hmm. Like when I coach, I'm a very good people person. But. That's something I was watching a video, uh, Bar Rescue Highlights with John Taffer. Yeah. Now, not saying that the guy, that the bartender that he snapped on was like, right. And yeah, he did some shit wrong. But the guy just came up to him. He's like, what, motherfucker? Like, you can't talk to me 
that uh, like a certain way like that and not have a, a reaction where I'm going to check you. Right. You know, so like I'm very I'm very happy that I don't really have to answer that. And even when I got into it with you and Spud, martial arts, we will come to a point where we'll work it out. There's a lot of people that they have a one track mind. They won't listen and they won't, it's th- they their won't way or, their way or the highway. Yeah. Right. So that uh, once again, that's why, you know, um, I'm, I'm blessed and I, you know, I'm glad for the opportunity to do this because it was something I didn't want at first. Well, you, maybe you didn't know you wanted it. I didn't know I wanted but it. Right? The, but Duke talked about this too. And, and uh, we talked about this even back in the day. <clears throat> fighting window is limited. Yeah. It's it's longer in MMA, I would argue, than a lot of other yeah. stuff. But it, it's still limited. And Duke used to preach about this, have you know, having a second option. Yeah. When fighting is over, like don't be one of those guys that has nothing because you'll wallow away into nothing. Yeah, yeah. Take this amassment of this experience and go a different direction. It's like there are there are so many people that competed well or didn't even compete that well that go on to coach championship programs yes like they're more known as a coach than they ever were as a player and and the vice versa is completely true as well Mm -hmm. but it's nice to be in our situation because we're where we wanted to be in the beginning which was able to make a living doing what we love to do yeah we don't we don't have to go like it's always a grind teaching is exhausting Yeah. yeah if you teach class after class after class for years there's times where you're like no, there and there there are times I'm like, and even Spud will come up. You need a break, man. Just take a day. And I'm like, no, keep going. Um, and there, I have those days. There's days that I don't want to teach, but I do realize that after I'm done teaching, I feel a lot better about it. Yeah, just like training. And, yeah, 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 it's the same thing. Just going and doing it, and then on top of it, they, like I've gotten investment. I've gotten investment. And I've even not to make myself sound like a saint, right? But what I should charge for private lessons should be way more. Right. But I know it is going up. (laughs) Yeah. And I know, and it is going up, but I know, I know our market and I know, you know, how small martial arts is, especially in Iowa. Um, and I want to make some money and I also want to be active. So, um, you know, I'll take that, I'll take that hit. And I even told a couple of my students, you know, the prices are going up, but I'm going to grandfather you guys here. One, they're young. Not gonna have a bunch of a bunch of money just sitting around, and they've committed and, and a lot. And two, they they've committed a lot, and they want to fight. Mm-hmm. I'm putting an investment in them, right? I'm not just teaching them to make them money or make make money myself. I'm teaching them in the hopes that they carry on and have a successful fighting career, right? You know, so I feel like I feel like being able to make money, but then also having yeah. people reach goals and do some badass yeah. shit is fucking awesome. I'm not just frivolous. I'm not just putting people through a workout to get them in shape right. for summer, right? Like that shit gets boring. Like, okay, go do this. I find myself just you have meaning in what. You yeah, do. and I feel my like I get into it in my lessons. I get into it, man, because like the, it's my trade, it's my knowledge, and I love talking about it. You know, the, everybody made fun of me for shadow boxing everywhere. Yeah, this is my fucking, it's my life. Your life, yeah. This is all. This is all I do. I, well, that's. I used to joke about it with people too, but then they'd be, they'd be like, well, "Why does he do that everywhere?" And I'm like, "Because he's a fucking professional." Yeah. Because if you're, if that's not what you do, you don't compete at that level. Like yeah. It has. You have to be all about it. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. You yeah. Know? A lot of gyms, I feel like, are funded and coaches are outsourced Pro- and yeah. brought in. 
every once in a while there's an organically grown gym of a few but like that happens it doesn't happen very much where multiple martial artists with decades and decades of experience are actively training and coaching at the same time yeah you know and i I feel like for the it's it's really nice and it's fulfilling for me because i feel like as a gym we're getting to a point where people are like oh you're you're good i know who you guys are and i'm like that's awesome (laughs) i I still have the mentality that we're basement fighters yeah nobody knows who we are but now we're getting to that point where we talked about when we were younger like imagine when we're so good and so sought after that we can charge to do this yeah we're there now yeah We're, we're at a point now where um you know, you, you could take the accomplishments in your career and walk off and do your own thing and start your own business. Mm-hmm. But what's great about this gym is, you know, I know everybody that's a part of it knows that while we could do that, it'd be better if we stick together. Yeah. Especially in a limited market. If mm-hmm. we can combine our talents and reach out, there might come a time when you're like, you know, I've got my own ambitions now and I want to do this. Yeah. But right now this whole gym is kind of like the culture in here is different. Yeah, well, and it's it a lot and it's a hard thing. It's a hard recipe to cook up. It's you can, hard, you can't cook it up. Yeah, and you have to culminate it for like fucking twenty yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know that's what it came to, and <clears throat> that's the advantage I, our students have. Yeah, straight up, straight up. <clears throat> I mean, um, and you say it like even, you know, I like coaching, but they're my teammates. Yeah, like I'm in there with them. Yep. every fucking day. And seeing them advance know? and seeing them grow, and, yeah. and it, it's cool because even. Uh, for example, Juan's last fight, I found out, you know, the guy is a kickboxer. He mm-hmm. has a bunch of kickboxing fights and he trains with Codero at King's MMA. I'm like, he knows his shit. Yeah. He knows, he knows his shit. He knows how to he's hit. He's going to know how to fucking strike and he's got a fast low kick. So first practice came in Juan. I fucking battered his leg. And I, I told him like, and he was getting down I'm like, fuck man, I need to check. And I go, okay, Juan, glass half full. Think about this. I'm going pretty much as hard as I can. This guy isn't me. No. You're going to go in there and you're going to go, okay, he trains at a good camp. This isn't Eric. Right? He went in there. Dude didn't land shit other than a right hand. Mm-hmm. No low kicks. That was the guy's game. Actually, Juan out kicked the guy. Yep. You know? So, like, having having that having that tool, having that mental edge of, you know, having someone with so much experience training with you will make your confidence when you're going against somebody that's trying to be an up and comer. Oh yeah. You're it, it'll shine. And yep. I've seen that with Juan, even in that fight, he had a terrible white cut, uh, weight cut and he head kicked that dude. Yeah. Right. Fo- followed up with good fundamentals. Just didn't take damage, set up the shot, fucking did it. You know, confidence um, comes from preparedness, yep. confidence, confidence, technique. You put that together. That's Conor McGregor. Yep. Conor McGregor is athletic, but he's way more technical than he is athletic. Yeah, he is. he's he's a technician, and he's confident as fuck. That's literally his two strongest attributes. Yeah, and you throw some at, good timing in there. Look where he's at. Yep, you know. Yeah. So, all right, brother. Well, it's been yeah. good catching up with you. I'm. Just, I don't know how much time we got in this one. I don't think it was a three hour. One. It wasn't as long. You never know. Yeah. It this is good talking to you. Um, hopefully this cleared the air for people about this, uh, for you at least, and they yeah. have a little bit more clear idea. And hopefully um, this type of thing doesn't happen in the future because like, I feel like you're dealing with it really well. Um, I feel like a lot of other people wouldn't deal with it as well, and they shouldn't. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. Like, yeah. There should be a more clear and concise way to make sure that people that are dirty are dirty and people that are clean are clean, and you are not dirty. You yeah. know what I mean? And if, if yeah. you were dirty and you, like I said, 
at this point, there'd be no reason we couldn't just say, Hey, you know what? Yep. I was hurt and I was taking it for this. We, we weren't like yeah. you were, you're, yeah. you're clean. <laughs> it's or, like, this is bullshit. I haven't fought for two years and I'm retired. Why the fuck wouldn't I just say it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, my contract with the UFC is up and I decided I'm retired. So yeah, I wanted to get really big and swole. So I took some roids. Well, you know what? Yeah. Um, this does open up as the opportunity for, uh, something that I think would be really cool. And hopefully it comes to, to, to pass but uh you've always wanted to fight in japan yeah and japan you know of course is a mecca for martial arts and so it'd be a really awesome opportunity if somebody picked you up to oh, to fuck. head across and fight in a ring fighting in one if they had pride rules fight, fighting in one you know and it like at this time in my career like it, it's crazy how your mind like it shifts you adapt you adapt to your situation i know me, everybody says, yeah, you're so young in prime. And I, I feel like I'm in my prime, but I've been fighting since I was 16 years old. Yeah. My body has taken a fucking toll. You know, yeah. both my elbows, my wrists And I are think cracking. you've done pretty good. And, and you know. Like some people, a lot of people, they take, you've had some injuries and you've had shit come yeah. up. But like your overall you, health is Maintaining. I'm maintaining yeah. pretty well. So for me, because when I'm asked about fighting, you know, um, for me, yeah, it's got to be a little bit about money. Because... Um, it's time. You know, do it. It's time. Yeah. It's it's time, and I've paid my dues. I've been in this game for so fucking long, so I'm not, I'm not taking chump change. If I'm gonna yeah. do it, I'm gonna do it, and that you're gonna get a commitment out of me. Like I'm gonna be there to fucking fight, but also like bucket listing, you know, that, fun things. I I look at I look at like my martial art journey and like the kid like on the chase for the title, um, that's kind of fading, and not. Not necessarily in a bad way. Who knows what could happen? And my, like, I've trained my mindset. When it's time to go, I get an opportunity, I'm fucking go. Yeah. You know? And I, I'll make I'll make a run. But like, things Like your marinas. But things change. And what what perks me up? You know? Mm-hmm. What what perks me up? I, I want to do some cool shit that I've never done. I was always a Pride fan. So when you say that, like, one, I would love to. I'd fucking love to soccer kick. Even if I'm getting soccer kicked, fuck it. Yeah. Like I want to say I did it's more pure. Combat. You know, I wanted, I wanted to, I want to say that I did Stomp. it. Um, and just kind of being in martial arts so long, doing those bucket list things. And I know people are knocking on people for, for you know, even the Jake Paul shit going on with boxing. They're just getting paid. I w- they're getting paid. They're getting paid. Don't and dog you know on what? them because people pay them. You know what? You pay me some money and you give me a good opponent. I'll box. Yeah. Why the fuck not? It's what the, fucking, all the cool kids do are doing. Now. I said, I said, I want to have a, you know, a professional kickboxing fight, like glory, something like that. Not even to just, not even to be like, I want to get up there and fight Nikki Holskin. No, I just want to do it to yeah. do it. Say I did it. To experience so, it. Yeah. So it's one of those things like, you know, and you'll see, cause I like, I'm in my prime, you know, things could change even, you know, getting back to the UFC, then it's time to adjust the mindset and it's like, okay, killer's coming out. This is my run. This is what I wanted from a young kid. That's still my dream. That's still my aspiration. But when you get older and life happens and then you got more on the plate and even accepting and, and Keone's even come to me about this and he's like, I think you should just stop fighting. I think you should coach. And it, it's been something that I've like gone back and forth about, but it, where I'm at now is I've just decided to stop overthinking it and just let shit happen. Yeah. That's if I don't, if I don't fight, and nothing perks my interest, and I'm just like, eh, 
Fuck it. Well, I'm and you know, to. the reason that I said that is uh, not because, obviously, because I don't believe in you. I think that right now you're better than you've ever been. Yeah. And I think it's actually very clear that you're more capable now and more dangerous now than you ever were before. And some of that has to be attributed to your decision to be at a more natural, healthy weight. Yeah, for sure. Um, that said, the, th- the thing that I think about a lot is what we've been talking about is time. Mm-hmm. Is it's to be a to be a head coach is its own job of w- of one program. Yeah, you're a head coach of two programs. Arguably, yeah, you have private clients. That's a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And I think if if a person with your experience positions yourself in a certain way, you can actually make good money. You can oh, find yeah. ways yeah, yeah. to position your product. You can do videos, all that shit. Um. But then there's also the other aspect, like you're a very capable athlete and fighter. And in, this is just maybe my experience, and I might just be a huge pussy. But doing the two or three things, was it was possible. Yeah. But it was so exhausting that I had to question, like, can you really do both of these things at a world-class level? Yeah. And should you? Should you try to do them? Yeah. And the answer for me was no, because you're not sleeping you're exhausted. Um, and so I, the, the reason that I like to say that is because I think you're so talented as a coach. I think you're so gifted as a coach that um, you have a huge amount of competitive experience. You have a huge amount of thousands of hours of training. And that was why I suggested it. That's yeah. why I thought it was a good idea because I, th- I think you are going to create world champions, mm-hmm. but I also think you know what your capability is and you're having a hard time going, yeah. fuck, like, yeah. I a, could compete for a world championship right now, but, like, yeah. the cards have kind of fallen away from my favor. Yep. And what do I do? It's kind of like a, like a little bit of identity crisis effort. Like we, a crossroads we, type we, thing. Yeah, we talk about that. And every fighter deals with this, Yeah, right? Um, but a lot of them don't coach. Right, and then they, right. <laughs> well, and, and, and I get that. The, the only the only thing I see a little different, like I said, and even getting tired, and it is, this is a full time job, and man, if I'm not doing this private, I'm getting bad when I'm doing shit like that. Yeah. But like, it's crazy because I I was thinking about it last month, and I'm like, how much my confidence has risen. Yeah, from coaching. It's almost yeah, it's almost like even with the USADA thing, it's like kind of pressure. Like dealing with that is it pisses me off, but pressure is kind of off off my back. Being a free agent, right? I'm not competing. I was just about to. Say I'm not that, yeah. competing to keep my job. I'm not, you know, trying to focus all on hunting for a world title. And at this point, I have a little bit more clarity, and I have, I have more confidence that if I just go fight, I'm gonna fuck somebody up. You're more free at this point yeah. than you've been in a long time. Yeah, period. I feel like, you know, even stress-wise, I've, you know, even meditating and unwinding my mind, I feel a lot clearer and it's my performance even in the gym. I feel so much way better. fucking better. And like I it always something I used to because as a young kid it was easy transi- uh, transition for me. I was an angry kid, so it translated into fighting really really easy. The older you get, you can't fight that way. Yeah. You can't fight that way. You got to find and me and Duke talked about this. You got to kind of play with your mind in little ways is crazy. And I always used to think like sports psychologists, who the fuck needs that? Same. No, it's crazy. Yeah. It's you will, your game. mind can be your yeah, biggest enemy. Yeah. It's a fucking yep. crazy ass thing. So like, I'm just happy where I'm at now and I'm not in a fucking rush. I, I was thinking like even beginning of the year, man, I'm not going to have much of a career left. And then I thought about 
would you really hate it if you didn't fight? And I really couldn't come up with an answer. And I'm like, man, I love competing and I love fighting and I want to. But if I just did what I'm doing now, I'm loving my life. Yeah. Coaching, yeah. teaching, going to fights. And that's preparing that, these guys for war. That's that identity crisis thing that you talk about because at some point, a fighter that's serious about this can't see themselves not fighting. Yeah. And then they get to a point in their career where they kind of can. Yeah. And they can go, well, I don't need to fight to validate myself anymore. Like, I know what I'm capable yeah. of. And then you go, well, do I even want to? And then you have this big fucking crisis in your mind about what you should do. I did this for years and years and years. Well, my team wants to see me compete. Should yeah, I yeah. fight or should I start the gym or should I do this or should I do that? Yep. And I had, I had just a moment of clarity where when I really did it, I took, I kind of set my ego aside and I went, what do I got on a plate for time? Yeah. I got like a pizza pie of time. Yeah. And I've got some very important things in my life. And this was before I like talked about core values or any of that shit. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what's important in my life? Um, well, my, my family's important and, uh, the gym. I want to build hard drive into a successful, well-known business with this, all this opportunity we never had. Yeah. And do I like when it comes down to legacy shit, when it comes down to mastery or attainment of the highest level, whatever, do you have time to be a masterful and amazing parent to be a masterful business owner, head coach, whatever of mm -hmm. this gym and a masterful fighter? And the answer was very simple. No, yeah, you don't. Yeah, and that's not to say like that the early fighter in me would go, "What are you being a pussy? You just yeah. giving up?" Blah, tough blah, it blah, out. Blah. Yeah, tough it out because you identify with that fighter. But yeah. when when you fought and when you've lost and when you've won and when you've went up and down and you're you're older and you're calmer and the fire doesn't burn as hot, especially with this com combined experience when you start coaching, you go. Well, do I need to do all of these things? Should I yeah. do all of these things? Should yeah. I try? And it's so hard to let go of that yeah. because your ego or pride or whatever the case goes, but I know I still can. Yeah. The thing is can and should. Right. Can and want to. Yep. Differentiate those and make sure. And sometimes when you ask yourself that question, you're surprised at what you, you find out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do I, can I see myself not fighting? Sometimes when you just admit that that's a possibility, your fire rekindles. Well, well, and it, so even thinking about it, even, uh, you know, when I'm going through, you know, talking about it, um, it's like one of those things. Okay. If I want to get back to the UFC and I just want to stay active, just take three or four fights, even on smaller shows, shit like that. And then I think about, Doing that, trying to make a run, trying to pump fights out while running a fight team, while I know, doing dude. all that. I know. It sounds like <laughs> a fucking know, nightmare. It is a nightmare. Because no matter where you're fighting, I fought at the highest level for a decade. No matter where you're fighting, that takes energy. Uh, it takes mm -hmm. a lot of energy. If you take it seriously. Yeah, you got And yeah. you got it. Like me, I don't take fighting right. not seriously. Right. Like it's my life and I like this is... Every like to me, it's life lives. and death out there. Yeah. So it's like, it's one of those things where that's where I kind of came to a gray area, middle ground. I was like, you know, how am I going to develop out? one? If one Bellator, somebody hits me up with an offer. I, I won't even fucking, I well, won't even second. 
I wouldn't even second fucking guess it. If I know it's right and I'm intrigued, yeah, boom, I'll fucking do it. And I'll, like, I don't mind. Have fun with it. I Yeah, I'll have fun with it. And a fun fighter is a dangerous fighter. Mm-hmm. Every time I've just had fun and I'm pre- confident in my preparation, I just, that's when I fuck people up. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've been, I've been with myself, obviously, for a long time. <laughs> These 32 years. I know how I, how I operate. So instead of putting pressure on, well, should I go this road, go this road? Fuck any road. I'm going to let the road come to me. I'm going to I'm going to let that dictate what happens. As long as I'm happy and I can live every single day loving what I do, teaching my students, watching them succeed, being with them through the highest and the lows, that's my fight fix right there. Now my own selfish my own selfish want to fight is going to be really selfish. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay me. I want I want a good promotion. Got to be I worth want, it. It's got to be worth it to me yep. at this point. And anybody, you know, anybody to say, well, you, you know, these people got to work your way up. I'm going to go back to the OG. I've been doing this shit since I was fucking 16 years old. Yeah. 16 years old. People know who the fuck I am, right? Yeah. And the diehard MMA fans, they know who I am. I've been here. So it's going to be one of those things. You make an offer, make an offer. But for me right now, there is no intrigue and, in, oh, just rattle off a bunch of fights. I ain't got time for that shit. No, it wouldn't. It, like when we used to do the math, on what we would make in the early days versus what how many hours we well, trained. We were getting paid that, like less than that, minimum that's, wage. That's here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. We talk about UFC fighter pay. I'm not even complaining about my pay, right? I, I was at a point where I can make money. I was happy with it, right? Promoter came at me to fight a uh, ex UFC vet, right? Mm-hmm. Like me, for fifteen and fifteen hundred dollars. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of. You got to really fucking intrigue me. When I say intrigue me, yeah, good matchup, but you got to give me some fucking money. Well, if I'm because like a UFC vet of your caliber and like I, I'm a promoter and I know who you are. That's a, that's um, disrespectful. Right. If, if you if you offer that to me, I probably will never talk to you again. That, that's if, what I'm saying. If I'm at your level, but the problem is a lot of the people that are exiting the UFC aren't at your level. They're they're beyond. They're slipping. So that this promoter is going to go to them and go, hey. Well, and I'm, I'm at a point now. I'm at a point now where, and I know how it works, and even you know, even me and Duke might not see eye to eye in this, because Duke knows how it works, and he's like, "Well, we just got to keep you relevant, and we got to pump some fights out." I'm at the point now where I've come to peace with it. If I don't fight, I don't. Fight. I'm gonna feel like the Diaz brothers. Yeah, you ain't paying me. I ain't mm-hmm. fucking fighting. I've already. I've taken my fucking lumps. I've shown what I've done. I've, I show that I can be an entertaining fighter. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it for so long. There is no I need to show myself anymore. Yeah, you either don't have to you, prove shit Either to you want me yeah. or you don't. And if not, that's fine. I'll you, study my craft. And yeah. I'll teach my craft. And I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll help others pursue the dream that I have. You'll be seeing me anyway. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's kind of... That's kind of the point where I'm at. And I, man, I thought about it because even the USADA shit that like all that shit happened so fast. And I was just like, I didn't know where the fuck I was at. What the fuck is going on? Everything's fucking in shambles. And you know, I'm a big believer. Usually when it rains, it pours, but usually the, the uplift, there's mm-hmm. always an uplift. Mm-hmm. It may last for a while, but they, there's going to come a point. And it's not that anything crazy happened that like changed my life, like in a, in a, in a state where I got this fight offer or this, that, that, and the other, but I just, I dealt with so much bad shit at one time. Mm-hmm. I had to deal with it like yeah. mentally by myself, you know, and it put me in the funk for a while. 
and even there was a point like I'm drinking and I'm feeling sorry for myself. But I they, I heard about that. Huh? I heard about that. What drinking? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Keone's had a couple calls. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Spud. Spud had a couple of calls. Spud called me the other day, tell me about Fast and Furious at twelve thirty at night, and I'm like, I- I'm thinking something happened. I'm like, why the fuck Spud hadn't called me at twelve thirty? Fast and Furious, man. Paul Walker's alive. I'm like, Paul Walker's not alive. Don't call me with this. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> so we got talking about, it. but it's funny because I've been in those times, man, and those dark times. But I kind of had to, like, when you hit a low, you you got to do something to pick yourself up, and especially in fighting. Like that's that's what fighting is. Like when you lose, you're you're at the lowest of the low, and you got to pick yourself up. And there's been days where I'm just like, man, I can't deal with this. But I feel like dealing with as much bad shit as I had, and then pressure of, okay, how are we gonna approach my fight career? I'm my own fucking boss. Yeah, you're I'm free. The one set, I do what the fuck I want. Yeah. So like now, it's like liberating, even, even if people, team. you know, you either love or hate Diaz brothers, I respect what they're doing. Yeah. Fuck it. They they go in there, they bang, they battle. I'm not fighting more, them unless more I'm getting paid. More people should do what they do. Yeah, right, right, mm-hmm. because they don't treat it like they are employed by anybody. Right, they and have I'm respect not, for their own. Yeah, shit. they have yeah. respect for themselves, and that's that's a fighter thing, right? Yeah. So like that was kind of me getting back in touch with that, where I got people, you know, in my ear about this, that, and the other, and not not even like like bad things, but just what their idea was on it, and I was just like, no, I'm gonna go with my own. On this. It's a, it's a, I felt like, you know, and I never got to the point in your, in my career or in my competition that you did, but when I finally made the decision that I wasn't going to actively plan to compete where like, I put it in my head where I'm like, you're, there's no absolutes in life. Right. We're not going to say right. you're never going to compete because you might get an itch. And if you want to scratch it, you go fucking scratch it. Yeah. Yeah. But when I was like, hey, you don't really have time to be like an apex competitor and open this gym and do this shit. I felt so free. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this huge weight has lifted off my shoulders. Like now, I can just focus on my family and on this. Wait, yeah, yeah, you take, and you take something out of it. I I think that um, it, a it's better for mental health, but b mm-hmm. it puts you in a position where you can operate if the call comes, you can operate on a very high level because you're not. I feel like fighters take this shit sometimes way too seriously, yeah. especially when they have your experience level. They should yeah. just be going and having fun and letting their fucking habits fly, but. To be in a position in your life where you're at right now where you can go, hey, if I never compete again, I can coach world champions. I can coach successful people. I'm still a martial artist. I got artist. my space. I'm still, in, yeah. I'm still improving as a martial artist, and I get paid to do what I want, and I'm basically my own boss. Yeah. I get, I, I get to set my shit the way I want to set it. Yep. There are people that would die for that. Just life. for that opportunity. Yeah. Well, and the, yeah, I mean, and that's that's exactly where I'm at. And fighting, fighting is a, there's a reason why it's a very selfish sport for a reason. Yeah. Because like it takes a has lot to of be. fucking energy. It yeah. takes energy just knowing you have a fucking fight. People are going to try to kill you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't a fucking joke. So like, it's one of those things now, like me, I'll, I'll stay ready. I'm training every fucking day. Martial arts all the time. Yeah. I'm training every fucking day, yeah. you know, and like, I'm not taking any time off. So like if that that offer arises, something intrigues me, and it will. That's what I'm saying. But I I feel way better, and I don't want to put pressure on myself worrying about a fight if while I'm while I'm training and shit like that. Just fucking, all right, let's do it. Yeah, you know, like it's you know. I like the bucket list thing that you said. Like, yeah, now it has to be interesting for me, not just a fight. And it does. Like I said. 
what the fuck do I have to prove to you? Right? Nobody. And Here, like, and, well, here's what people want. People like you and me, uh, any artist at, at the higher levels of their craft, what they really want, it's not fame, it's not riches, it's not wealth. This is something I learned about and read about luckily early. It's the respect of their peers. Yeah. Who their peers are. When we were younger, our we were our peers and our idols were people like Pat Militich and this mm -hmm. person, the, the people that were there and doing it where yeah. we wanted to be. Well, I have their respect. Yeah. They they know what I've accomplished. Yeah. They know through the products of the gym. They know through your competition what you've done. Mm -hmm. We, I think, as younger fighters, you you have everything to prove to yourself. Yes. yes. And then when you get to the end of the road or to the end of competition where you've gotten a lot out of competition and you've tested yourself and you've proven it to it, you have a hard time shutting that off because you think people still think that like you need to prove yourself. Yeah. Like you always need to prove, but the, really proving yourself is just still being a martial artist. Well, well, and it's a, at a point now, like you know, even talking to Duke about it, like the fight game is vicious because you win a fight you're cool for a week and then it's who's next. Yep. Right. So like, and it is like that. And I've lived my life like that through my twenties, my teens all the way through my day, proving myself. It, it comes to a point where being, being tough headed, fuck it. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing this. Um, and then when you sit back and think about it and I'm like, what the fuck do I owe you guys? I'm doing this. I'm like, and I know what I'm capable of. I, I, I know, so many people, I know people still in the UFC. I know people PFL. I know people in Bellator. That I got all their fucking respect. I've trained with. Yeah, them. people they know in what the, I can people in do. your industry know. You've they know. With they know what the fucking deal is. So it's like it's one of those things. Like oh, what I got to prove to Joe fucking schmo. Yeah. Right. And even like I said, not even a slight. I got to prove prove to Dana White. No. No. I'm well, the and, fucking. And I'm you don't, a fucking fighter. And I've you don't have here. to prove that to any of those. That, that's what I'm saying. It's hard so to like, admit that to and, yourself. And I you. think a lot. there's a lot of fighters. I need to do this. I need to do this to prove that. No, I don't need to prove shit to anybody. I've, I've done that. Like I said, I've taken my lumps. I've done that. I've done that for fucking since I was 16 years old. I've been doing nothing but trying to prove, right? Trying to prove. Now it's at a point where like don't need I know who I am. Okay. You don't want me or you don't want to pay the money? Cool. I'll go train these guys and I'll get them to, to the spot. And then we, we can, we can see negotiate and I'll see you on the, on the other side. On the floor. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at now because the stress of like worrying about what people think and what I don't, I don't give a fuck. No, I really don't. And it comes with age, man. It really it does. does. Yeah. And it, it's like, so nice when you get there where you're like, you're, you're when like, you were young, you're like, I don't want to not Diaz like, brothers. I should go for it because yeah. People want to see me compete and I think I should do this. But once you get older and you're just like, I know what the fuck I've done. I yeah. know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. I don't need to prove it to the boss, man. I don't need to prove it to the masses. I don't need to prove it to my team. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. When you get there, um, I think you're an equally dangerous opponent, but you're dangerous for different reasons. You're dangerous yeah. because you're so fucking proficient in, in what you do. Yeah. But um, it's... It's really nice to get to that point. It's a struggle and it's difficult and it has its ups and downs and its dark time. But to get to a point in your life where you're like, I'm going to prove shit to you. No, it's free. All the people that it's I really free. care about proving something to and getting their respect, they have my respect. Well, and that's, you know, that's the thing, like even, yeah, especially in this, because it's, a, you know, it's media, it's all over, you know, every, every kind of media platform it, it's on. So, that, I mean, that's, 
that's why fighting is vicious because it's it's constant there is no breaks like you're you're you'll be praised but you'll be scrutinized the next day mm -hmm. you know um and it's freeing for me because now now fighting for me fighting used to, for me used to be legacy right like i want to be one of the best and i want people to remember me the more bitter i get in my old age now it ain't even about that i don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks if i fight I, it's because i want to fight mm -hmm. i want to well that's something i want to do myself because it's something that i'm super passionate about and it's beautiful martial arts is beautiful fighting is beautiful um it's something i want to do you know i and this is something resonates with me because we had this talk even when you said you wanted are you you think i should think about retiring is you know the perfect way winning in dad's honor mm -hmm. you know and then you won your, you won that fight you and won i won that fight, fight and right? i felt you know i felt really great and I, like i felt awesome after that fight um but it's it's one of those things now like what dad would say even dropping out of high school like not him helping me out helping me you know train and do things even against mom's word and just saying i just want you to do what you want to do don't do it for anybody else do it for yourself mm -hmm. and here i am now and that's that's where i'm at yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not dedicating any other fights to anybody else this is for me like i've dealt with stress i've dealt with depression for so goddamn long worried about this fight am i going to get this title fight what do these people think about me Every, you know all that little shit now i'm at a point now where i just don't give a fuck like i'm and it's free it's 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 so much less stress it's so much less stress and it's even my last fight i didn't have a lot of stress i was like because i felt bad with me and i was like i'm just gonna go have fun mm -hmm. i'm just gonna go do this well and the thing and is like dad saying do what do what you love to do at one point maybe that was compete but um now that might manifest just as effectively in coaching yeah you know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? yeah yeah no so straight, it's like you're yeah, still doing up. what you love to do it's just now the person you are doesn't have to prove to the world, prove to this person or that person because they already know. Yeah. You've done that. It's hard. I think it's hard for fighters because they don't get out of that mode. They never, yeah. so a lot of fighters never get to a point of self-realization where they're like, I don't give a fuck about this. Keep your belt. I'm, I, I'm a, I know what I am. I know yeah. what I've accomplished. I know what I can do. If you want me, pay me the money. Um, to be in that situation I think a lot of fighters have a hard time seeing after that. Yeah. They, they look at like, let's say the goal of the title Yeah. and they go, that's it. And they don't think about what happens if you're a true martial artist, mm -hmm. the journey ain't over after that. No. The journey might be just getting started in, in some other direction, but yep. like it, it's, what do you define your success as? And I think I, it, it was helpful to, for me to decide what direction I'm going to go when I started going, Oh shit. Like, the gym itself is mm -hmm. a success. Yeah. Uh, getting, creating a national champion or two national champions with nothing more than hard work and self-study. That's a success. Mm -hmm. Winning a fight for myself, that's a success too. But comparatively to the things that I was interested in being validated on like business ownership and building a team, that was a tiny little thing. Like yeah. A win in a fight is like, who gives a shit? Yeah. A team, a successful team is a bigger thing. Yeah. So it's like, how do we define this success? Well, a lot of fighters have a hard time identifying as any other way than I am a fighter. Yeah. I have a fight coming up and I won my last fight. Yeah. But in martial arts, there are so many different avenues to take. And I feel like if the only avenue that you take is I'm a fighter, 
I want to be a world champion and that's all I can be. That itself is somewhat limiting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there has, there, there has to be a point in time where like with anything you get to a point in any craft and you go, I'm not going to prove shit to you. Yeah. Like I know what I've done. I've put the time in and I'm proud of it and I don't need to fucking go out there and put it on display unless you're going to pay me to entertain motherfuckers. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just touching on that career, like they, cause there are some people like leave him alone. He's retired. I didn't retire. I haven't retired. But it's 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 not like a uh, it's not like a Eric Koch looking looking for this fight or this fight. Nope. Um, if I get an offer or an opportunity, short notice opportunity pops up, if it intrigues me, boom, you know, I'll be there for it. But uh, that way, day to day, less stre- stress on my life. I can focus on training these guys, and uh, I'm fighting for fun. I think if you look at it that, like that. You can coach and compete. Oh, straight up. I think if you're like, I'm a fighter and I'm that's all I am, or I'm a, I don't think. That and then works. your coaching suffers. Yeah, but your I think if you're suffers. in the, if I think if you're in the fire and you're smart about it and you go, okay, I do have a fight camp, so like three, four weeks out, there's gonna be some slight adjustments to my schedule, but like otherwise, yeah. If you're like, hey, I'm taking them as they come. If one comes offers me a fight, they're gonna get a fireball at Walter Weight. Yeah. And I'm just gonna have a good time with it, and I'm gonna train my my peeps, and that's it. Yeah, you know, yes, yeah. just like not overthinking. I swear to God, martial artist. Well, that's I think that's the big thing. Well, so that, that was my biggest demon for a long time. I overthink everything, and I realized when I didn't overthink things when I was young is when I tore people up. Yeah, when you're just it's as simple as me getting in there. I'm gonna hurt you. In in operating that that. That was it. It's got to be simplified. When you get older and you start dealing with other minds, did I do this? No. Did I do that? No. No. Fuck it. I mean, just fight. If you're a martial artist, you're if you're good. really a martial artist, you got artist, it. You yeah. got it, or you don't. I yeah. tell my students that. Look, some people just have it. Some people don't. And if you're a disciplined, disciplined martial artist, like we were, lifetime martial artist, nobody's gonna run you over. No. You know what I mean? No. But the mind will fucking run your ass over you real over. quick. Yep. Straight All right, brother. Let's right, call it night. Thanks, brother. Yep. Appreciate it. This podcast was made possible by Gail and Douglas Coke and the family hard drive. Music courtesy of Mike Chino.